The Commander Crunch podcast is brought to you by puremtgo.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 43. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favorite format of uh, Magic the Gathering's Commander, EDH, plus a side-serving entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences and just a whole bunch of life stuff. Uh, I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, uh, coming to you live from a sunny, uh, wintry Victoria morning, I guess, you know, coffeeed up. It's all, it's all good. Uh, and not joined by Chesh this week. He's having a, uh, a much-deserved break. He's uh, hope he's feeling all right and everything, but uh, you'll probably get him next week or the week after, that kind of thing, but... Don't stress, guys. He's he's still around. He'll come back, but um, yeah, uh, a little bit of well-earned time off. So um, I did enlist someone else to help me out this week, though. Uh, I'm, of course, joined by a guest, as we often do, and I uh, I completely just threw out my intro of how I introduce guests, so we're kind of going to wing this one. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know why. Why did I delete that line of text? Anyway, not important. Our guest profiles are a way of kind of... Uh, finding the, the the essence of commander and in a conversation and, and trying to find the the qualities of it in a in a continuous kind of study i'd like to put it in a way that it's been a bit of a personal endeavor to get to know the people around commander uh, the personalities why they play in an effort to continue to like grow those relationships and and the quality of gameplay i think it's i've said it a few times commander in a weird way is about uh, being good at commander, I often believe, is not being technically great at the game, but it's almost having a social awareness, and it's it's almost a an emotional intelligence. I like to put it. I think that's the metric I'd like to gain at, like to to uh, get better at kind of thing. So I see the people that are, are awesome at commander in my mind are the ones that kind of make a game enjoyable, and that doesn't necessarily mean giving fifty cards to your opponent. Going have a good time, you know, doing the group hug, hug thing because, as we know, Chesh hates that sometimes. But whatever, it's it, it's fine. It's more just like how you can enter a social situation and uh, and and bring your best self to it and really affect the people around you in a positive way. So um, yeah, I, I'm all about kind of continuing to talk to these people and find out what it is about those those kind of aspects that can continue to make us better, and then also find out some life stuff. So. Again, that was my long-winded intro, how we do uh, guest profiles, but it's pretty much what this show is about these days. I will delay no longer. We've got this week, we've got one part of the Mana Squad, uh, okay, one Mana Short, uh, EDH Brewing Savant, Canlander player, MTG Dad, uh, and he's coming at you live from Central Florida, which is the Australia of the United States, I want to say, because... I think we've both got animals that will, uh, you know, put you in your place. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we got Cowboy Kyle. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Oh, great, great. No, it's uh, it's awesome. Been looking forward to uh, to having this chat with you, and we've we've chatted a little bit, uh, you know, here and there, and had a great game on the stream a few weeks ago uh, with yourself and Derek, and that was a blast, and and also just has meant the world that you comment from time to time that you're listening to the podcast and you like what we're talking about. So it's, it's so good to have you on, man. Well, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I'm, <clears throat> I'm always honored when someone wants to talk to me. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, wait, really? 
<laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It's uh, yeah. So uh, as I say, everyone's got their own story, uh, and I think everyone's got a valid story. I want to listen to and, and find out what makes them tick, and, and outside influences especially. And we've already had an awesome chat before. There's just you know trying not to waste it all before the podcast, but we'll have it all again <laughs> as we do now. But uh, no, it's been great. Um, I knew I knew you were a, a man of culture and, uh, and and the type of EDH player I love in in. It all got embodied in that last game we had on the stream. That uh, what was it? The first game I beat Chesh with skeleton ship, uh, you did. which felt great because he tried to end me a few times, and it became the quote was Commander Crunch are going to split up due to creative differences. So I'm like, yeah, maybe it really <laughs> felt like it because like he just kept hard targeting skeleton ship, and I was just oh, like, really, it's awful. skeleton ship. There's there's a hogak with a whole graveyard on the board. There's like Grix's flyers were ready to swing some like they were holding some various firearms to people's heads. Uh, and I was like, mm, okay, and it, like, it just goes after the little skeleton ship. But I, I kind of love it, and like we had a laugh that he's like, I know what that deck does, and it decimates my like army of rogues, which is funny. And you but, won uh, the game anyway, so it didn't, didn't like, like it mattered. <laughs> it was it was one of those attrition games. I don't feel like I did the hugest amount. I just outlasted. Like, which uh, shout out to Mono Whiteboarder. I shout him out every episode. Love Peter, uh, but he kind of taught me that. It's like just. Sometimes it's not about the biggest target you're painting, like or think about your your kind of PR kind of impact on the game, uh, what you're expressing. And sometimes he he goes, I try and play for second, you know, like try and play yeah. as much magic as you can. With that being like a, you know, a cockroach you can't remove from the table. Well, sometimes it is, <laughs> but it's like uh, if you can make yourself maybe just the least desirable target without doing hard kind of you know stacks or anything. That could be fun. Who knows, but I don't know. I'm often the gorilla at the table. I'm I'm swinging <laughs> exactly. for the fences with my creatures every turn I can. Well, totally, and I feel like that's a uh, that's a weird cadence I've had to learn over the years. But I still can't. I I still don't take my own advice half the time, which is like, don't like present the craziest question on the board as often. You know, sometimes you can, um, or sometimes you can use it as bait. I know I've heard people saying they play. Like Alish Norn just as a bit of a lightning rod. I'm like, yeah, that works, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 ha- I have an issue with like ramping out fast and then like running out of steam and everyone just kills me. So anyway. See, I'll ramp out fast, but instead of dropping an Alish Norn, I'll drop a Cogla and be like, all right, yeah. I got a big monkey. <laughs> now what? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's, yeah. In respect to Cogla, I think more people should be playing Coglas. Cogla's awesome. I love it. So um, yeah, especially if you can synergize with the human thing as well. That's it's incredible, which most, cool. most decks can. The be. witnesses are humans. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, yeah, so as, as I was saying, though, that the, the second game we played uh, on the stream and check it out on YouTube, um, uh, I think, is it, how do we find you on YouTube? It's just uh, one mana. Uh, one more mana. One more mana, sorry. That, uh, yeah, so that second game we had was was an absolute blast in that we uh, we played, was it Naya Golems was my little creation. I've been enjoying mm-hmm. that deck so much. Uh, and you played... Chris Bosch from Midrange, uh, the, the Bosch, the Iron Golem, <laughs> were basically playing the same decks. You just didn't have green or yet or white, and uh, and and it was hilarious. And we kind of we dismissed the other two. We got them out of the game, and we ended up having just a battle bot showdown. And we just had so much fun. And I think everyone laughed. I played Colossus of Akros, unironically. <laughs> and, that and card made it a, has killed me oh, more oh, games man. than I'd like to count. <laughs> great it's 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 just like a 10 10 statue that when you're ready to pump two mana in it's a 20 20 and then if you're doing again ictekic stuff in the golem deck it's well it got huge it just got enormous and um yeah that was that was a fun one but when we both had boshes on the table 
and yep. th- literally throwing robots at each other. Like that's, <laughs> I was like, this is Commander. This is the best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, what we'll do, uh, Kyle, is is I mean, definitely keen to hear a little bit about um, the the Mana Squad and and what you guys uh, mean and kind of like the ethos and also like. I think even the construction of it, because I think that's super fascinating. We're having a good chat about that, about what it means sure. to have a bit of a content creation community, more or less, like like a team of kind of uh, a roster of little all-stars. It's like, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, and how that can be really, really valuable. And also just why a lot of people love that as well as, as an audience. I know definitely a lot of my mates like they like, I just love their content, love how different it is when you guys are ripping boxes open, that kind of stuff, and and the variety of content's great. But we'll get into all that. But before that, we we usually just jump into Brewers Notes and just do a very much status quo look at what we've been looking at, you know, in Commander, how we're feeling, like almost a bit of a health report, just a book club type deal, like what have been working on, anything, uh, you know, inspiring, or are we burnt out on the format, that kind of thing? Like, and I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, but how, how's Commander been feeling even in like as locally as these last few weeks? I mean, I love playing Commander, so I've been having a good time with it. Um, I normally only keep like four decks on me at a time. Um, I keep my two pet decks on me, I keep a budget deck, and I keep a flavor of the month. Mm. And lately I had like eight or nine decks and it was way too much for me (laughs) um so i just went through a massive culling and called down to four uh rebuilt i built uro for the first time but without all of like the the blink uro back to your hand stuff so we'll see how that plays and you literally said it's because of the art too like yes and that's you've got the really cool titan version and um I mean, we had that little chat before, and I'm sure you can touch on it, but it's interesting the way people view Euro based on what it doesn't do in Commander, you know, what it does in another format. And you're saying the same with Hogak. You've been unfairly kind of targeted when it's like, Hogak's not doing that in Commander that bad. It's like, it was just because it was a Scourge or Modern, and everyone feels Euro is a Scourge on every other format, but not really Commander, it's just fine. So Yeah, I mean, it's it's a three-mana growth spiral that gains me yeah. three life as my Commander. <laughs> And if that's too threatening for you, we have bigger issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's sweet, and it's um, I've seen it used to good effect, and I think it's it's broad enough you can do whatever you want with it. You can play the cool cards you want, and yeah, I I hadn't actually seen that Titan art. That is sweet. That's yeah, really it's cool. the it's unfortunately the secret layer version, mm. and. I, I love Vincent Prost, but I really loved this Titan art a little bit more than that. And I just I, I had to have it. So I bought it. Yeah. And now I wanted to build a deck around it. Oh, definitely. I saw you uh I saw you retweeting the uh the uh Ryan from CCO, his uh this week of auctions, uh because we were talking about the Tarask before, which uh yeah. you you made the deck. So was that one of the ones that, that didn't make the cut and uh, uh and it, of- it's currently in pieces. Um, oh, if, nice. Uro, if Uro fails, Tarask will probably come back. Um, <laughs> but it's Mono Green Abyss. Benny Smith yeah, gave yeah. me the idea, and deck is deck is hilarious because you yeah. just like you play like Primal Crux, which is a six for six green mana. It's a Chroma Green Trampler. Um, <laughs> you play Cogla. You play Engulfing Slagworm. You play uh, Tarask itself. And you're just like, I'm going to turn sideways every turn with something that's going to make you kill a creature or die. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my, yeah, exactly. Oh, I hadn't seen Primal Crux. Yeah, Chroma's such a weird ability. And I just, there's something about seeing that many mana symbols on a card that's just something quite satisfying. <laughs> it, it's wonderful. I get, uh, I have a bad habit of putting cards, no matter the mana cost, in my deck. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just like, oh, you're willing to play a six green card in a three color deck? Yeah, it'll work out. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same. It's like, it's like, other formats, I do pay considerable attention to it. I feel sure. like Commander that just like Commander, it completely just goes. Nope, it's fine. It's, it's nope, Commander. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Like it's like when and like I think it's that whole like bias of like. Do you remember being mana screwed in Commander? Nah, those those games don't matter. Like I don't I don't really no. remember those. You don't record them in your mind. It's fine. But I do remember <laughs> the games where it worked out, and that was fantastic and wonderful, and everyone laughed. Totally, totally, and and everyone's everyone's jamming with treasure these days. Everyone's playing their bucknards ever full purses and like it's just you know giving you treasure. It's fine, it's fine, exactly. That's no, great. Um, but yeah, was, I didn't see. Were you were you going to bid on that uh, that altered Tarask that? Uh, no, that, that Ryan no. Did? I despite the fact that like Ryan's art is fantastic, and I own what three or four of Ryan's altars right mm. now. Um, with Bosch as well, I, right? Yeah. Yeah, my Bosch is done by him. He did a greater good for me, which will come up later in the show, uh, precursor to later in the show. Um, he did a soul <laughs> ring for me to be the one ring from uh, Lord of the Rings on the hand of Sauron. Oh, nice. Nice. And uh, the last one is my Gyrus, which he did a cave painting, like the Seb McKinnon cave paintings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like the... Oh, what's the... The mythos cards, the ones off. Yeah, the mythos. I'm like, what's that? What was the cycle called? Yeah, I love those cards. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so he's done. He's it. done the four for me, but I really like the the monster manual Tarask. So when yeah, I get yeah. my Tarask, it'll be the monster manual one. Yeah, um, I really dig those cards. I think they're incredible, and I know you're a well, you're a DMD person, and we'll definitely chat about that for sure. But um, yeah, I think of all, I'm not always like. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty favorable for most like alt art treatments, but these ones especially I, I absolutely adore. Um, and especially, I guess, I think I alluded to it the other week uh, that one of the latest brews of mine was thanks to King of Engineers, our friend here in Australia. Uh, he's kind of got us doing a bit of a brew off for uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms and specifically who can basically venture down to the dungeon as quick as possible or like as effectively as possible or as much as possible. So... I you think there's a few people doing Yeah, exactly. A few people are doing the mono green stuff. Uh I think Chesh is of course he's doing the precon, the Esper one, uh, but it's kind of just pushing it out a bit further in different directions. It's kinda of cool. I said easy, I want no not easy, but I want the hard mode one, I want the weird one. Uh mono red has two cards. Oh, I love Zalto. Save it. <laughs> I will so I will in- throw you a list here and when the show's oh, over. I'm keen. I, I put it I'm together, keen. but I never got to actually papering it. It, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I think I saw you post that. Yeah, I've I've been meaning to chat to you about it because exactly that. I've got the beta 1.0 list in front of me. Um, the you know, actually sleeved up, ready to roll because we we're meant to do a stream this week, but we've pushed it to next week. Um, to give it a go, it is a lot of ping effects and that kind of thing. But yeah. the 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 version of the card exactly, I had to get the the, the monster manual version because Zolto is cool on a normal card. Seeing Zolto on the monster manual edition, like the armor, the detail, the massive hammer. The hammer has arms hanging out of it, like sure. I, and and Why it's not? basically an anvil. It's it's insane. It is it's it's also I've I've preached my love for Dark Souls, and I might continue to do so this week. Um, but 
this is such a Dark Souls boss, it's not funny. Like it is, it's such yeah. a amazing piece of art. I love it, but because um, it's kind of like Smo, which is one of the one of the boogeymen in that game. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the Zolto deck is going to be wild. There's a lot you can do with a five mana seven three trample, you know. Yeah, there's. I mean, some people go, oh, it's only got three. You know, it's weak. But no, who cares? It's Zergo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You Zergo it, and and there's a lot of funny things you can do with riling. I guess uh, you know the pinging your stuff using needle drop effects. Uh, Mm -hmm. I even wondered how much I was going to go for like a Zarda sub package. So you go like, okay, you find you find your ways to. I don't know. I think there's other ways to replicate the Zada effect, but it might be in now the colors. Uh, I know there's a conspiracy that does it, but I'm not touching that. I can't do that. Uh, there but, is Mirror Weave Dragon. That yeah, I there think is that is, one. You're right. I think is what you're looking for. That one was from Shadows, I think, wasn't it? Shadows. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, really cool artwork, like a, a dragon with a cool mirror wing. And it's, I think anyone that targets that, it just like it radiates, which is pretty sweet. Um but yeah, there's a lot of those funky effects in that like target one, it targets all could be really interesting, especially if those cantrips have draw a card on them, the needle drop, mm-hmm. the the rile, that kind of stuff. Um, but in any case, I'm, I'm running a lot of low level sweepers, which sometimes catch people off guard. Like they get their mana dorks and stuff out of the way uh, for like, you know, the 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 two two damage to everything type stuff mm-hmm. uh and then a bunch of stuff i love fire giants fury in a deck where you're playing a giant makes me smile because i don't I, I think a lot of people forgot about this card it's one in a red sorcery target giant you control gets plus two plus two and gains trample then turn well he's very good it is a giant but already has trample whenever it deals combat damage to a player this turn exile that many cards from the top of your library until the end of the next turn you may play those cards that's just like just a casually mana. turn him into a nine power creature that takes nine cards off the deck. Yeah, you can play yeah, nine. Right. That's like that's, that's some sweet card draw in red. Exactly. <laughs> so I've been I've been playing that card in um, in Brian's Thout Arm as well as a little sneaky like amazing burst of card advantage, and it's it's pretty sweet as an uncommon from uh, Cold Home. I love it. So, um, but uh, that's sweet. I'm I'm gonna play. Of course, any of the other things that say venture uh, into the dungeon, uh, like the mana rock or the land, but mostly it's about pinging Zolto because the ability is when Zolto's done damage, uh, dealt damage, venture into the dungeon. Um, so should be interesting. I, I do like the equipment that makes Zolto into a brash taunter. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's how that's the life I want to live. So um, it's going to be a wacky one. So yeah, keen keen to compare deck lists for sure. Like it's 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 going to be sweet. And um, I, I will warn you, my deck's not very good, and I play a lot oh, of like random big creatures for no apparent reason. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you kind of that's where pet cards come into play. It's like, this is the opportunity. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing this weird thing, but I think all decks need that space. So especially for me to, to make me happy, but like need that space for like, I want to play this big wacky creature, especially if it's, I like it and it, it makes a cool conversation on the board, you know, and I enjoy playing it. So my, one of those for this deck, I don't think it has anything to do with D and D or anything, or even the effect so much apart from I've got spells that do damage, but I got to like jam hostility in here. Hostility is so wacky. Yeah, three red, red, red. So oh, six. I know. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Haste, and then if a spell you control would deal damage to an opponent, prevent that damage, and put a, a three-one red elemental shaman creature token with haste for, onto the battlefield for each one damage prevented this way. So if you're doing your effects that like also not just hit the creatures, even if it's just for like one or two, like your little, I know Comet Storm. You no, know, Comet Storm I think does that. I was thinking. I mean, Star you get volcanic fallout. 
yeah, like volcanic exactly. fall, I would do two damage to everybody, and you're like, cool, I make six, two, exactly. or six, three ones. Good volcanic luck, everybody. Fallout's <laughs> probably one of my favorites. I play that in, um, that's the one red, red one, isn't it? And yeah. it can't be counted. Yeah, I play yep. that in um, Obosh, and the can't be counted has actually come up quite a bit, especially against Chesh. But uh, that's that's like you you can just sweep for four, uh, which keeps Obosh alive or whatever. But like the it, the doing the two to player like stuff, and you want those kind of effects. And I think maybe I maximize those to maximize hostility because it's super funny. And then you just get like tokens galore. That's insane. It's uh it's a wild one. I love it. Get to play Hoven. You've always got to play Hoven. Hoven's yeah, the uh, Hoven's the friend you want to go have a beer with, as uh, as Jeff from Lexicon said. Um, look, standing in front of Snarg's House of Sin, and Hoven just gets rid of uh, artifacts, which is fine. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and then it's- any mono red, any mono red deck now, absolutely needs my uh, my my patented super duper awesome removal package of get rid of enchantments with liquid metal talk so you run your normal artifact removal but you just turn things into artifacts if you need to get rid of them <laughs> this is the way <laughs> so i used to unironically play a little bit of uh what was that liquid metal coating for that reason in mono red uh but now that it's stapled onto a mana rock of which i bought like 10 or 20 of because i love that mana rock turning things to artifacts at interesting times is uh it's a powerful ability. <laughs> it's like has unexpected utility from time to time, especially when you got a Hoven on the board. You can destroy an artifact. So, um, love it, love it. So, yeah. Uh, and then, oh, of course, if we're gonna, uh, if we're not gonna have that many creatures, because I don't think I will. I mean, maybe if hostility's out, whatever. Uh, but it's an opportunity to play another weird, uh, uh, a very, very weird uh, pet card of mine, Dinga stuff. So, hopefully, if we're like lighting up if anyone plays tokens and we're lighting up two damage to the board and we've got dinga staff in play you're going to drain some people pretty quickly because that does four mana artifact when a creature's put into a graveyard from plays dinga staff deals two damage to that creature's controller oh so it's essentially a massacre worm yeah basically exactly for everyone and it's yeah i love the dinga staff and it's it's wild richard kane ferguson art um it's it's wacky. I have a stack of them for, for whatever reason. They're in a collection now. I just chuck them in decks that like would probably, if they don't make that many creatures, but they, I expect a lot of stuff to die. You throw a dinga staff in there and watch everyone laugh and uh, and, then, and then cry because they're, they're, they're clearly losing their life total. So um, yeah, good times. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, if you're willing to live on the edge, try repercussion. Yeah, exactly. But you got to <laughs> live on the edge because you're doing a lot of damage to Zalto too. <laughs> Well, pretty much, and it's like that's I've enjoyed more and more leaning into like mono red or like even the Rakdos way to play, which is exactly that. I'm cool down, like I'm cool to be down at one life and just living the the most uh, dramatic kind of turn I possibly can, and it's just it's a heap of fun. I love it. Um, I was gonna say too, in that uh, I've still got the uh, the altars open from um, this week for CCO, uh, and I was joking about I did bid on it. I think I've been outbid now, and I don't. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I might not jump back into bidding war. That's okay. But is it Zorn? How do you say it in D&D? The X-O-R-N. Yeah, it's, um, it's Zorn. You got it. Zorn. Love Zorn. Zorn is the type of creature that totally looks like it should be a, uh, a legendary. It just sneakily makes double treasures or like an additional treasure if you make a treasure. Um, uh-huh. But was was thinking this week and it's like how how much magic for me goes back to music. Always does for some weird reason. But I was like, yeah, Zorn's totally a band I would listen to. <laughs> Like, and a few of us, uh, Joel and Thrillman, were laughing about that. And it's like, oh, haven't you listened to Zorn? You know, the the, the prog psych, uh, you know, uh, band of whatever. Everyone's heard of Zorn. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> Zorn's yeah. awesome. 
So what's Zorn, like what Zorn in D and D? If I remember right, it's like an Earth elemental. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of Goro and, action going on there with the forearms, which is interesting. Yeah, cool. it's got a bunch of legs and it's got a weird mouth. I don't know. I've never <laughs> had the opportunity to fight one. Yeah. It looks like in the art too, like just gobbling up a treasure chest full of coins, which is really interesting. Oh, there we go. The D&D set has heaps of flavor text. Of course, it has to. Zorns are native to the elemental plane on of Earth where gems and rare stones are plentiful. When summoned elsewhere, they can be quite destructive in search of food. <laughs> that makes <awesome>. sense. <laughs> nice diet of, uh, of rocks and minerals and, and, and shiny things. I love it. So, Does yeah. that mean Zorn Got poop it. is like highly valuable? Oh, yeah, it'd be like the golden poop. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's like sparkles. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm going to ask that DM if, uh, if if you can work that in. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Great. But yeah, I mean, think, I mean, but overall, like as a D&D kind of, uh, um, you know, I wasn't even going to say fan. I know you play a bunch of it, um, but I do. You know, Savant even. How have you felt generally about uh, seeing this influence into uh, into all the crossover between games you love? I've I've absolutely loved it. I mean, magic already. Nice, yeah. yeah, it's always been like it was designed to do something to do between D and D games. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And like, finally, we get to take all the D and D lore. We get to see the um, the Mithril Hall people. We get to see the dragons. We get to see Tiamat, mm. the Tarask beholders. I'm just on board for it. Oh, totally. Yeah, I've I've particularly been enjoying the Beholders, which um, a few people have seen me talking about the Karazakar deck that I'm in love with and um, just been adoring that it's just so much fun to mess with combat. But Beholders are just so interesting, like reading the story about Karazakar just being a gigantic ass, like just like such a, <laughs> just like basically got the shits with the world. <laughs> it just absolutely hates everyone and everything. It's like, that's kind of fun. Like, it's like, but what's, as, as I like to find with everyone, it's like, oh, Surely there's got to be a cause and effect there. I wonder why. Like, what what happened to you, Karazakar? Who who wronged you? You know, <laughs> there's got to be a backstory there for sure. But um, yeah, that's no, cool. I even like the one in that deck too. Been um, that throwing, and I love when sets do this. They make relevant comments. Like you, you go, ah, that's actually maybe an overlook, but you'll throw it in a deck. The um, the six mana beholder that each opponent sacrifices enchantment. That's a rare ability in mono black. Like that's a that's a pretty yeah. special thing. I love it so. And that one's got a um, a nice piece of artwork as well with the um, the dungeon the the uh, monster manual one, um, which again absolutely adore. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the beholders. I'm I'm really glad they finally crossed the streams. It's always mm. been weird to me that like they never would for IP reasons, and yeah, finally Hasbro's yeah. like, no, we're we're going to cross the streams. We're going to make a ton of money off it. Everyone's going to be happy, and the crowds are going <laughs> to rejoice. And guess yeah. what? They did it. They they nailed it. And everyone rejoiced. Totally, totally. Um, and yeah, these, the commander decks this year have actually been... Um, I say this year, I know we. that's not so true because we get multiple a year these days, but it feels like the bigger one for the year, but it may not be. I think it's still just Commander Forgotten Realms. Yeah, not, the, the big ones not, for the year actually came 21. out with uh, Strixhaven, I think. Oh, they did too, yeah. They felt they literally felt as big as that. I mean, maybe it's that, that, that price point and the kind of the power level. They feel the same kind of thing, which is, you know, it's nice and we've kind of talked about it before that it's it's really nice to see those in a space that you can get new players, pilot one of those, and they'll absolutely be in a game and it's fine. You know, like with in, in a kind of mid level commander game, they'll they'll hang on, you know, they'll 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 kind of 
the hold with uh, the rest of the table, so to speak, and and find meaningful ways to affect. And the mana the mana bases have been pretty solid, and it's just been nice. So like what they're doing for sure. But um, I was um I was just thinking too. I I I was joking about uh, the other day the beholders potentially like interfacing with eye creatures which is super rare in magic i know but um what's that one the evil <laughs> the one eye of a score yeah exactly where i've all i've ever been wanting is to find a place to play that darn card <laughs> it's so good or then like the, it's uh, all about that's right that's right and you get those theorist things that like go, oh the target creature gets minus one minus one if it's a cyclops it gets like minus 13 which is crazy <laughs> uh, i love it but um yeah, what's the evil eye of Orms? Orms by Gore is a interesting one, and then the other one I, I don't have that one, but I've got evil eye of Urborg from Time Spiral. I think okay, uh, non eye creatures you control can't attack. Six three five mana is just an eye. <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, and when it when evil eye whenever evil eye of Urborg becomes blocked by a creature, destroy that creature. Interesting. So I was going to have a bit of fun with Krasikar anyway and throw it in there. And a version of Krasikar I could see is where you donate stuff, which would be very interesting. Um, using, I think, is it Jury? One of the that ones from Command, Command Legends. Um, I think there's a, a goblin that does it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, You could even I assault suit something. Yeah. Anything I can assault suit, I'm always looking at that card. I'm like, is this the place for assault suit? <laughs> and I think Karazakar totally is. I love it. So, um, yeah. I, I love that. I think we think about the same things in Commander. It's very funny. <laughs> it's it's, it's nice like, when you find someone that's on the same wavelength. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a great game. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm bored by the best. I'm absolutely inspired by, you know, the thing that makes not only people laugh, but still probably quite effective, but also hits yeah. on an axis people aren't ready for. And that that just makes me smile. So um, well, the way I like to put it is it makes a conversation, you know. Anything to make a conversation is super healthy, I think. So, um, yeah, for sure. So, well, it's, uh, actually, it's actually why I don't play it. cards like uh, Ristic Study and uh, what's the other one? The white one. Smothering Tide. Oh, Smothering Tide. Yeah, totally. Because I don't, I don't want to interrupt the story by having to be the yeah. tax man at the table. I'm just like, are you going to pay the yeah. one and the two? Are you going to pay the one and the two? Okay, what were we talking about? We're all having fun now. Are you going to pay the one and the two? Yeah, totally. Um, and it's like, that's that's an awesome segue into like a little bit of a point I was going to bring up this week. And, and we may continue to talk about because I'm keen to hear Cheshire's views on it as well. But uh, we've been talking a little bit about that, a, bit, a little bit about those cards that you go, yeah, this is like a great include in the deck. Uh, has to go there. You're almost just like, oh, it's a, just a must-have. You know, it's just that kind of deck. You know, whatever. Uh, but the ones that aren't necessarily as fun to play for those kind of reasons, where they they yeah. are, they may be. Uh, you play it and it just draws a ton of attention that you don't always need, uh, and also just that whole reminder that you're always reminding them that you have it, kind of thing. Uh, I think Commander Sphere put it on one of their latest episodes. They're talking about something similar, and they said, and I, I, it got me thinking that way. That's that's a really good way to put it. Like you reminding people that are you going to pay the thing reminds people you have it, and it's so yep. much of. Uh, I hate using threat assessment because Chess uses it <laughs> all the time. He <laughs> jokes about it, and then he kind of just sinks this gallon ship, which is probably probably still true. But it's it's you know like worrying about uh, oh sorry like how much. Um, uh, aggro you're kind of you know presenting to the table or like what what your kind of facade is that you're presenting to the table and that amplifies considerably when you've got a rhystic study or a smothering tithe you become yeah. the person to kind of 
you know, oh, we've got to stop that absolute like onslaught of resources kind of thing. Like, do you pay the two? And it, it, it has turned out the same way that I just don't really enjoy playing those cards anymore because they'll, they affect my flow a little bit. They're like, they, they almost feel like out of character for a lot of my decks because it's like, I probably can't deal with all that <laughs> the pressure that someone throws at me because I've got the smothering tithe kind of thing. Like if I'm going to drop it, I have to kind of back it up. And I don't always right. have the power to do that because it's not really the way I'm making my decks, you know. So, um, see, I'm often willing to be the gorilla at the table, and I'll throw down giant creatures, and I'll start swinging as early as possible. But when it comes to like resource accumulation, like some other like cards in hand or having a ton of mana, it's just not my jam. Like I yeah, would rather exactly. turn sideways. Yeah, totally, totally. So it's, uh, there's a few categories there that we might uh, we don't have to like comprehensively cover today or anything, but um, I think just continuing to think about about those cards when you you look at them, like just thinking twice about it and go, does it is it something I actually really want to put in my deck, or like does it make me happy, or does it fit, does it feel like the rest of the deck kind of thing? And then even those ones we talked about, they're like a little bit. I think even sometimes the dexterity of them or something like doesn't actually go like feel as smooth as you thought it was. Like I was thinking the ones, even something like Torment of Hailfire, like not only do you find that, like I find that a very anticlimactic way to win, but it like the resolving it has so many steps and like kind of it, it, it really like lingers on, <laughs> you know, like yeah. pe- people yeah, are if thinking. If the game doesn't it. just end, the game's over. Yeah, well, it's, you've depleted everyone's resources in 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 whichever way they chose, kind of thing. Like, which it's it is an amazingly powerful card, but it's like I've almost you have those kind of resentful wins. You're like, oh, I didn't. We're having a great game, and then I just popped it, and that was almost too easy. You know, like it wasn't yeah. like us going down to one or something. And you know, I, I have to yeah, say, Carl, even that game we played was like I I love Acroma's Will. I'm starting to feel that card is just such a blowout though. Like it it really. It's just like, oh, that's just the full stop. Can't do anything unless like you have an aetherize or something. Like it's 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 uh it's kind of wild. Or or maybe fogs, I guess, like because there's been more and more fogs that are relevant being printed, which are, I think are quite interesting. But yeah, who knows? Like I think I'll I'll still play a chrome as well, but I, I just I think sometimes I feel like, wow, that's it's just a really like almost no weaknesses answer. <laughs> you know, it's it's really good. I have died to a Chroma's Will several times, and you're just like, yeah. yep, you got me. Yeah, totally. At, at the end of the day, though, I guess it is combat, but you can make that argument with, like, a Crater Hoof or something. Like, I have a Crater Hoof, sure. but it doesn't live in a deck. I'm like, eh, like, it's it's fine. Like, I'd, pro- I'd much rather play the Goat, because uh, it's a Goat, but even so, I think that Goat is people realizing how good that one is, too, the um, Pathbreak Ibex. Yeah. Just kind of, gr- it's great. The math goes into the hundreds, who, who, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, see I'll yeah. play Siege oh, Behemoth instead where it gives all my creatures yeah, super trample yeah. love that one um, is that the one super, is that the one that just goes through so it, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it, it does everything thorn elemental abilities thorn elementals yes we've been talking about thorn, elemental, uh, thorn elementals a little bit around here because of um, Gabe Icetep um, friend of ours that he, he's been playing the Ruxa deck and it slams it's it's actually really good <laughs> and he um he was playing Clothus's design which is the one that gives you oh that would be good for those um those green color pips we we're talking about before Clothus's designs that uncommon from Theros the latest Theros uh for okay. six mana that just gives all your stuff plus x plus x equal to the devotion to green Oh, that's which can awesome. get a bit, oh, which can get absurd. So the only thing people don't use it as an overrun because it doesn't give trample. But if you've got siege behemoth like effects, uh, and 
they just printed one too in um i think adventures the and it's like a it's an aura that you can flash in for four mana Ooh. and it just makes anything into a thorn elemental which that's that's a fun time I love see it. i'm gonna have to write this card down because when i rebuild tarask i'm gonna need this yeah. card needs it so i saw you asking too tarask had the ward ability it kind of just gets it after you cast it too right yeah and it's just yeah there. that's that's what the see i was on the other side of the fence i thought it lost it as soon as i ended the turn yeah like the, the people away. yeah right and people were like no you get to keep that i was like wait what so i went to twitter yeah. and like oh the card's better than i thought it's kind of a weird card state because it's referencing something that's conditional on casting which you think maybe the memory is only there for a turn which is yeah wild um yeah one of those weird edge cases where like it's not that clear but it's like oh that's actually even better. <laughs> that's great but um, yeah. yeah no i love it um but yeah i, I love mean, being the other on the one, side I... of the fence oh, sorry i love What's being that? on the side of the fence where i think my own cards are better or i think my own cards are oh, worse because yeah. then that's i find exactly. out like oh cool it's even better than i thought rather than being oh. the one at the table like no i'm sorry everybody you're not gonna like this ruling <laughs> exactly exactly uh oh and then the, the when you have to have those conversations like no it actually works like this and they're like really you're like yeah yeah it does it's like, well yeah. the the weird one for me i used to play lorthos the tidemaker and i played that deck for oh. i played it for like six years uh yep. it was my the the biggest baby deck and the one that everyone who knew me back when my <laughs> kids were born um that's what they knew me for playing but you don't pay the eight mana until after the targets so if you play something like a will breaker or dismiss in a dream that makes everything illusions mm. you can oh. just machine gun down all their stuff and keep all your mana up wow wow and it's just not oh, fair oh yeah yeah oh wow <laughs> <laughs> dismiss in a dream it's like bounce 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 <laughs> wow permanence oh <laughs> that's i love it lorthos you amazing octopus it's the best um Always got a fond um, uh, kind of heart for Lorthos. Look at the card. Like, that's got to sit in a big blue deck, you know, for sure. And, uh, you know, it can definitely, as I've found lately, I've seen, what was it? I think Gabe was playing Frost Titans the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, it's been like tw- twice in two weeks as Gabe was playing it and then Brandon on MTG Lexicon uh, found a way, just did like a really, what I felt was like commander of like f- what I see as the older days, you know, only like four years ago. But like, when you saw a lot more dead eye navigators around you know that kind of thing and yeah. i end up getting karazakar i've joked has become the deck that just comes second because you you fight club the whole table and then you usually don't have the the weapons to take it take down the last player unless you're quite you know crafty um and that's fine i, I love it because you're playing the most magic as we said and um i usually congratulate whoever bested me and 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 we all have a laugh at the end because it, it it's been it's led to some really fun games but I had the last game and I thought I had it in the bag and then uh, Brandon dropped a Frost Titan and then did the Deadeye Navigator and I was just like, oh, I'm kind of locked. <laughs> like, it's just like my things kind of tagged. And it's, I had to do the whole, remember when that was such a boogeyman that people like banned Deadeye Navigator, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's everyone said, uh, a few people said, all right, the way to do it, you need to respond to the Soulbond trigger. That's that's the way to do it. It, it drops on the floor. It has a trigger. Then it gets soul bonded. You can respond to that before it's soul bonded so it can't flicker in response because otherwise it's just like, just keep blinking, you can never target it. So you essentially do have to burn two, uh, two spells on it, I think. Or I had to because I need to make it blink first 
and then burn okay. another spell on it um, just to get rid of the thing. But yeah, it was just, I was like, wow, I haven't seen a Dead Eye Navigator for years. It was weird. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I lost a one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just got Dead Eye Navigator, Palancron. I was like, ah, oh, those are the days, right? And, um, oh, but yeah. bring it back but, fond memories, I guess. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like the, the getting stuff tapped down, I think recently I'm like, oh yeah, especially if there's four players in a game, that's a long time. That is a long mm-hmm. time if they don't untap. Like if you Lorthos them, that's two turns. That's that's, that's why I stopped playing Lorthos because the deck <laughs> turned into a land destruction deck because I would tap, down, I would bounce all your stuff and then tap down all your mana and I'd have an yeah. eight eight and be like, all right, I'll kill you sooner or later. I mean, that's what a massive Cthulhu beast would do. Like totally. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 on flavor. Anyway, I think Lorthos needs to go into a brew that I'm working on at the moment. I've been wanting to build Cephalid Tribal for years, and um, yeah, I think this. Abishan was in my deck. Ah, exactly. So Abishan's going to be the commander of this one, unless, and you may like this one. Uh, I switch to Esper, and we go Nylor. Is it Nylor? The um, yeah, the, the the mind flare thing. Yeah, I was like, mind flayers are cephalids, surely. Cephalids are apparently assholes too. Like they're just they're they're, they're apparently they're just squiddy evil things, which kind of why I love them. I think they're awesome. But uh, anything squiddy kind of can make the cut. I'm not, I'm not going to discriminate. It'd be awesome. But uh, Nylor looks awesome that you do tap your stuff, and I think it's a tapping kind of deck, especially your own stuff, and you can do lots of wacky things, and you can play Verity Circle to tap all their stuff down and make cards. Ah, I love it. Oh, Verity you, Circle prob- probably wouldn't have been out with Lorthos. That's a no, perfect Lorthos uh, card. It was a late addition to the deck. Um, ah, nice. The Twilight definitely check out, Lorthos. Definitely check out Flood. It's a yeah. one-mana <laughs> card from the dark that just lets you tap non-flyers. Because why non-flyers? Because <laughs> the flyers can fly over the floodwaters. Of course. Oh, how good is the art? Oh, my God. It's so somber. Like, that is... Oh, I love it. The Like, just the person on top of the roof of the house. And, like... Is that a cat in the tree? <laughs> Always looks like it. Love it. Yeah, check out Flood. How good, how good was the dark for um for just wacky cards? Like it was, oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, and then we're still finding a lot of them too. It's like, well, that existed. Sweet. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I definitely need to get a copy of Flood for uh for for the Cephalid Tribal because tapping things down is uh, is going to be the name of the game. Love it. Yeah, it's a it's uh, a whopping ten cents US, so I have no idea what that is in Australian. <laughs> oh, probably probably. Ten dollars. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah. No, I love it. Good. Uh, good stuff. And I'm, I'm loving some of the territories we've gone to. And and I I probably uh, I probably should rein it over to um, exactly what we uh, we t- we said we were going to talk about. Um, and 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 find a find out a little bit more about the Mana Squad and and your role in it and and kind of what it's meant to. I mean, as I know now, it's like a creative outlet, absolutely. And you feel connection to to people, and you get to meet people around the world. And I know I've heard you say that before too like the mm-hmm. magic of magic basically is is the people you get to play with you know and that's that's really special and it's you know that's the reason i'm having a conversation with someone in central florida right now and that makes me so happy and you know that's it's the best it's, it really is and and so i've really loved as i said uh your energy uh definitely and what you guys do with the mana squad and and, and it's been unreal and um yeah, it's I, I think being one of the kind of uh I don't know about longer standing. I think you guys have been around for a little while, but it's like, it's, I think just solid, uh, you know, really well put together kind of content creation crews as far as 
the way, as we said, that you do it with, you diversify a little bit with uh, having a number of people that all offer something different and it means you can do a bunch of different content, you do different, different streams and the energy is always there. It's not like the onus is on one person, keep it fresh kind of thing. So right. yeah, do you want to, do you want to start to break down, I guess, go as deep into the history as you really want, seriously, like, and what it's meant to you and, and kind of, you know, a bit of the background of it. Sure. So for one, I take as little credit as possible for being a part of the Mana Squad <laughs> because like the Mana Squad is primarily Cedric, Ken, and Derek. And like they're the big three. And then they've got us on the bench to like come in and help out for the rest of the stuff. And by us, I mean um, myself, Mason, and Liz primarily. Mm. And there's a couple other people that are on the periphery that um, you don't see as much. And how it all started is Cedric and I have known each other since, I don't know, 2009-ish. And eventually he was over at my house and he was formerly a Yu-Gi-Oh player. And I just built a new commander deck and I wanted to test it out. And I was like, look, I know you know Yu-Gi-Oh. That means you know enough to play Magic. You're going to help me test this deck. And I just put a commander deck in front of him and we started playing. (laughs) Love it. 2009 Commander, I wonder what that's looking like, you know? Oh, it was wonderful. That was before, (laughs) like, I think it was like a Gattuck Teague versus Doran or something like that was the matchup. Doran makes me happy. That's the best. Love it. Um, But then I taught him how to play Magic. He went back to Atlanta and taught Ken how to play Magic. And then uh, the two of them got got the Mana Squad started officially. They met ran into Derek at a game store, I think, and Derek decided they decided to bring him in to do even more content. And Derek's hilarious, so that's great that he's oh, there. Yeah. I was gonna say it's it's all you guys just with wonderful personalities and a ton like I say, a ton of energy as well that is just really um you know, I, I hate to use the word infectious these days because it doesn't have it has a new meaning, but yes. it's it's like <laughs> you, <laughs> I said I said after we played the stream, I was like, you guys are the like the reason I like like that made me just freaking love Commander again. Like, you know, it, it ebbs and flows like we say, but yeah. those you have those touch points with like the people that love Commander as much as you do, and it's like, you know, but they express it in a way and go, That was such a positive experience playing with you guys that, you know, and talking about it, that was just makes me excited to do some stuff on my own this week and brew this deck and that kind of th- stuff, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you guys have that, that ability, you know, like it's just there. You're like, you're all excited about it and just really awesome, like charismatic people. We try. We try, and I think we're pretty <laughs> good at it. Um, we stream every Saturday night, or not every Saturday night. We stream most Saturday nights. You can follow us on Twitter to figure out uh, when we're streaming and when we're not. Uh, Derek's always there. Uh, I'm often there, and it's kind of between Derek and myself to make sure there's two other people there. Yeah. Whether that be Mana Squad people or fun guests from the community. So if you're listening to this and you want to come play with us, reach out to me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. By the way, Sam Chesh, always an open invitation. Oh, I cannot wait to come back. <laughs> definitely jumping on. Love it. Um, But I primarily help out with, like... um rules interactions and rules help questions even though i'm not a judge i still know magic well enough that um early on they would be like kyle how does this work and i'd tell them and <laughs> most times i'd get it right <laughs> um but i i also do like some of the outreach for the for the group and try to help out and make sure that uh primarily said and ken are, and derek are getting in front of the right people to try to help yeah do what they need to do 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, yeah, like we said, it's it's been a um, uh, those kind of dynamics are really really positive in that yeah, there's a lot of support there. And uh, we were talking before, I've seen a lot of people start to create content, and it's usually the path you do it by yourself, you know, like uh, or you might find a partner to do it with. Yeah. And people get to that point, they're like, "Cool, this is awesome! I'm getting some traction. People are taking like paying attention, getting some results." But inevitably, almost hit that point, and it can be like six to twelve months, and they're like, they're just burnt out, and they're like, it's just about results, it's just about like uh, numbers, and they're they're really worried about, you know, or like finding it hard to do it every week, kind of thing, and and those kind of dynamics that we were talking about before, it's it's when you have people that are like minded, and it's all working together to do something, and again, I kind of. You know the the other one I always think of is is, uh, is MTG Lexicon as as the family. You know that it really is, mm-hmm. and that's what you guys have as well. It makes me really happy, and you know, um, it's you, you don't get that tension that other people might have, which is like uh, you can tell when someone's kind of creating content because they feel they have to, and it's like no, it's not about that at all. Like you, you we've we've always got to make the things because we want to, um, and we've got to do it because the energy's right, kind of thing too. But you're even saying like LRR was like one of the first to kind of establish that kind of like family vibe and it's like actually you know go well guess what people can shift in and out that's fine it's more about the embodiment of it exactly yeah we're all here we're all here to have a good time we all understand what the mission of the group is and like the vibe we're trying to get across and we can you can bounce ideas off each other if someone's having a rough week they don't have to write the content and don't have to struggle through it they can reach out to somebody else be like hey can you help me with the show this week or can you help me brew a deck on pokemon or dark souls or whatever <laughs> my favorite that one <laughs> i love that one yeah um but uh yeah i mean i, I was gonna say so talk a little bit about uh so some of the different um if, if if someone hasn't checked out squad uh what what kind of content you've got there as well because i know the youtube is an awesome one just to check out for the the, the incredible range that everyone's got there uh the different things to offer i know Derek's doing his deck techs that kind of thing and um as i said my, my favorite one is is uh the the flavoring kind of uh, wins as, as far as like let's do a team rocket deck or let's do a dark souls deck i love those debates yeah so we've got we've got a content all under the sun and i will do my best to to give the <laughs> channel its best thing so we've got Derek who does deck techs pretty much on a weekly basis uh we'll put up one of the games from our stream over the week so that we cut one of the two games out uh then we have the the uh the theme decks that generally Derek and ken do together um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Derek and said um, they have box box openings from the three of them. They'll do together. Um, we'll do command center, which is said and Ken just having a good time talking about stuff. Uh, Derek does cards that make you say, bruh. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's so him. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good time. There are, there are some things of like, uh how to vote how to handle voting cards mm-hmm. um it, it's just a good time uh, i would recommend yeah. coming over to the one more man youtube channel browse through check out derek's only bands video <laughs> only bands <laughs> not only fans but you'll get there <laughs> i love it i love it uh i feel like derek's just a source of comedy gold like he's he's yes. just on fire he's wonderful time. to have it's on the perfect. team perfect <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great um oh i just saw the latest the latest thematic compass the conjuring oh this will be good this will be good I yes one out yet. <laughs> so i good. think that's Derek's brainchild 
Yeah. Oh, so Derek's on fire. Or whoever's doing the thumbnails, I feel like they've got a lot of Derek energy to them. But like the the Sig deck tech has uh, Derek and a snorkel, and um, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. You guys are uh, doing some really good uh, uh, content creation, kind of marketing, as it were, as well, because uh, the thumbnails are uh, as a are an absolute opportunity for some wacky stuff. Um, oh, I didn't see you did a Power Rangers deck. Yes. What? Yeah. That's you gotta, wild. You got to wander through. Oh yeah. This is some great stuff in that, like, you know, and, and talking to you today anyway, it's, it's really those kind of things too. It's like, it's that amazing balance that we can make Commander that is effective yet flavorful and self-expressive and have whatever you want in it. And, you know, I, I love those that I always look back. I remember one of the first times I realized that was years ago when I think it was Commander's Brew, uh, listen for years, and, and uh, they were talking about, is a deck that was like, this is not going to be any good, but it, it is a Lord of the Rings deck and everyone has their like, you know, this is yep. this is uh, Saruman and this is like Aragorn, which is like uh, Juniper Order Ranger and Saruman was like Limdor or something like, and, and everyone had the analog and it was just so cool. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what a commander deck can be. And to, to find that you guys can keep doing that on a regular basis is super sweet. Love it. Yeah, we, we try to have everyone keep everyone having a good time. Uh, you're not going to come. You're not going to see high-level competitive content. You're not going to see the the top-tier plays and how to become the best Magic player ever. But you are probably going to laugh and have a good time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which is, uh, yeah, the table I want to be at, you know. It's 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 really nice. So, um, yeah, so absolutely anyone who hasn't uh, already, please check out. Uh, yeah, it's One More Mana on YouTube. It's uh, That's the one. You guys are nearing uh, 10k subscribers. That's, that's we are. pretty darn impressive. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I can see my skeleton ship on the on the last few videos. It's yeah. right there. <laughs> that was the time. I haven't checked if anyone's throwing me salt in the comments yet. <laughs> Wait for it. I don't skeleton think so. ship? What? <laughs> some people noticed uh, some other things, but I I don't think anyone's throwing any salt at the skeleton ship that I saw. Nah. Yeah. I will, well, like you, you'd hope not. I mean, it's a it's 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 living in salt water. It's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do always want to play that deck more and get to show the even wackier pieces of it, like Norrit is one. I'd love Norrit. It's such a weird card. Uh, pretty much anything from Ice Age is, is, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff there, like you said about the dark, so for sure. No, I love it. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, the other the other part to that anyway is uh, how have, o- over those years too, how, uh, how have you felt the squad has kind of helped you, um, like, has that, absolutely lengthen your enjoyment of magic and and even in ways do you reckon even saved it you know like is there times you reckon maybe you might have faded out a little ma- a, a bit of magic and, and kind of going oh i might just take a break kind of thing and is it the fact that you're part of uh that kind of community that kind of keeps you going oh uh, you've nailed it so i used yeah. to oscillate between uh magic wow and various other hobbies like video games mm-hmm. or something like that and once i got into the the mana squad and once it became a regular thing it became like it just wasn't worth leaving it wasn't worth rotating to the other (laughs) games and there was especially time during quarantine where i really thought about just selling off almost my entire collection going down to like one or two decks and being like look this is what i got i'm gonna be a dad now yeah and i'm gonna focus on them 100 percent and play magic on the side instead of doing all this magic stuff but Again, one more mana and uh, Mason in particular and said we had a little group chat of going on uh, for a little while. We had uh, MTG fam because we're three Mm. dads at various stages of our lives. (laughs) And believe it or not, that podcast 
didn't keep going because we were three dads trying to do something and didn't have the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's almost in the mission statement, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, it, it was those times too. And I've joked, I've not joked about it because it's awfully serious, but it was that, that almost, yeah, just glowing moment when you realize like, yeah, these, these people were, uh, the people we could talk to last year. And, and especially as it continues now, like they become your support network. They really do. Mm-hmm. In a way, you never quite saw. You're like, oh, like, oh, that you know, these people across the world for me, like, that's they're so important, and and just bouncing off each other and kind of sharing those kind of sentiments, and and you know, it is there's a lot of love there, which is incredible, and it's it's it definitely makes it feel like the game was just like a little bit of the thing that got us together. <laughs> that's why yeah. we keep playing it, but we just want to hang out with each other. Like, that's really what it's about. Well, one of the wonderful things I love about Magic is that it really is about the gathering. It's about how many people that you don't realize you get to meet all over the country and all over the world. Yeah. Um, while I was in my last job, I had everyone from, I had people from, uh, Mason lives in Missouri. He came out to visit, mm-hmm. uh, Seth and Ken, Derek all came down from Atlanta. Um, so we had a little bit of, uh, we call it Kyle Con, where <laughs> we had everyone it. come to my, my wife's dance studio and we just sat and played Magic for... I don't know, three days over the weekend or something like that. But then there's also BrewCon up in Massachusetts, up in the Boston area. And yeah. my boss at one time looks at me, he's like, how do you know people all over? Just like, oh, be- yeah. Because magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the magic. Exactly. And that's, I, I remember saying last year, like, wow, the internet's amazing. Like, you know, you just take it for granted your whole life for me. It's like, we're on the other side of the world and we're making these like meaningful connections, not as a way to like gain anything, like, Nope. As I almost joke, it's almost selfishly for me to like, I'm kind of just reaching out for, you know, support and just people I like to spend time with or whatever and just make cool friendships with or whatever. But yeah, it's like, we can totally do it. And like, people here seem surprised I do this, you know, they're like, I'm like, you should try it. Like, you should just try and talk to people like that are in your hobby, whatever, and do something about it. And like, you never know who you might meet because especially if you're not like objective focused with it, you know, if yeah, if you're not going to make a living that, off it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, it's so much easier, right? Like it's, and I, I've joked before, it's like they're in, in certain kind of uh, corporate or like, you know, career circles, like the the emphasis on networking people put, uh, but that's so much about the process and it seems so laborious and like, you know, not genuine at all. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm doing it for gain. And it's like, I, when I realized that being a genuine person, it's like actually like just wanting to listen to people and talk to them is the most powerful piece of networking you can ever do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not about what you gain from that. Who cares? Like, all I yeah. want is good commander games of people and, like, people to talk to. Like, that's that's the best. So, um, you know, it's absolutely... People to share life with. Yeah, that's that, exactly right. So, um, no, I love it. And in and, and those... I, I love those moments, too, I'm hearing as well, that, you know, uh, people can make connections uh, across kind of wide areas. And then that that almost, like, just epic moment when you kind of meet up for the first time, <laughs> you know, it's like that, that's so epic. And I think a lot of us had yep. those mini ones as of last year and then like getting together uh, for the first time, uh, whether it's like friends, you know, that, that you hadn't seen raves or as it will be in the next like, you know, few years. I can't wait. Be a, bun- a bunch of us in Vegas or something like that. I, I, I can't wait. The, <laughs> exactly. The, the first GP Vegas when the world is back to normal or whatever oh, yeah. the normal looks like is going to be insane. And yeah, I, it'll be, I can't wait for it. 
Yeah, so it would be the greatest thing ever. And, 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 and again, it's it's all these things I talk about with, um, you know, we talk on Lexicon a little bit about it. And it's, it's just really lovely that now I've got, I said, anyone's coming to Australia, they can come and stay with me. And, and they get to do things like we get to make food together and we get to hang out and I can show you where I live and that kind of thing. And the same has gone that we've now got, I've got places I can stay in, you know, the West Coast and like in Texas. And it's like, this is amazing. And to, to go like, you know, enjoy meaningful time with people and, and, you know, yeah, play magic. And, but yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's sharing. Yeah, you ever want to see a rocket launch? You can see them from my backyard. Hell yeah. I'll want to go see, <laughs> for some reason, I want to go see the magic play, you know, like sure. <laughs> as well, like as, as, in, as in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's actually, so Central Florida, I've got to rec- rec- uh, recognize my geography. Uh, yeah. You, you're close to Orlando, right? Rather than yeah. Miami. Yeah. Orlando's right my, my local airport. It takes me about 40 minutes, 45 minutes from door to door from yep. my house to the airport. Ah, interesting, interesting. I asked my brother about it. He spent he spends a little bit of time in Florida back in the normal days because he uh, he works for uh, Caterpillar, the the oh yeah company, and he he's done a lot of training stuff in in Florida and also uh, in Illinois of all places too. I um, I'm from Illinois. I know the, oh, cool. the Caterpillar plant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's in he's in Peoria. He goes to Peoria, of course. And um, yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I remember it was a few years ago he was there and he's like, it was literally, you couldn't spend any time outside. You'd probably die in half an hour. Is that cold? It was minus something absurd. Like yes. it was, I was like, uh, I couldn't even fathom how cold that was. <laughs> I was like, in, in Fahrenheit, it would get to minus 40. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what that is in Celsius. Yeah. I think um, he said something it was like minus 20. I was like, I can't even like once it's below zero, you're like, yeah, it's like basically snowing. It's like, well, what what's it like when it keeps going further and your mind doesn't know like you, you don't yeah, know what it feels like he's like you yeah. could yeah you could lose a limb like you it's my my last like, year wow. in illinois was up there and it was one of those minus 40 summer or minus 40 winters and i had a 20 minute walk as part of my two-hour commute and i was yeah. like no I'm, I'm not doing this anymore <laughs> far out far out <laughs> Oh my, yeah. Oh, it's funny. So uh, where we live in, and in, in contrary to common belief, uh, it is, Australia's not all fifty degrees, as in Celsius hot. It, it does get hot here. We're in Victoria, but it's um, we're in a particularly cold area uh, of all things. We're going through a winter right now that we have to cover all our plants outside because they get frostbite, and and we get a little bit of snow even, which is really interesting. But okay. it's it's very foggy, almost like a horror movie, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, like. I'm getting used to the cold, and then we're uh, Kate and I are watching uh, Fargo, the uh, you know the the series, and it's like, you don't know incredible. anything. <laughs> oh my god, he's Kate's just looking at this Minnesota environment, and she's like, "Wow, imagine just living in a place that's just snow all the time." I was like, "Yeah, yeah that's um, it'd be something else, wouldn't it?" <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I don't know how that would go, you know. And uh, as someone that I, I like to spend time surfing, and you know, I want a little bit of beach. I like a little bit of contrast. You know, I love I love the cold, but I also love when it is warm. But uh, you know, I was like, yeah, that that'd be just a whole other thing, right? Like, what a, what an interesting existence, having to clean up your snow on the front, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'm glad I don't shovel anymore. I will <laughs> I will go to the beach occasionally. I'll go to the theme parks occasionally, and I will enjoy my Florida life. Yeah, I was going to say, what is, is it one of those things that are uh, one of those kind of manual processes that, uh, you know, you, you start to like, but you probably, it gets a bit tedious, i.e. like chopping firewood or, you know, like shoveling the snow or whatever. Are you like, yeah, this is great. It makes me feel kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm doing yeah. a manual task. But yeah, that, I, I, I could see how that kind of, you know, 
gets a bit tedious by the well, end. Well, it's hard because you're you're in all these cold clothes trying to stay warm, but then you're mm. pouring sweat in on the inside, and then you're just yeah. like, I can't can't handle this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be awful at it because I'm I'm a sweater too. It's um yeah, that's uh, it's just the way I am. But uh, yeah, dang. So so what 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 took you from uh the chilliness of Illinois down to uh the the you know the amazing heat of uh, Florida. Well, I had a two hour commute and I didn't like having a two hour commute. So I got a job <laughs> with a 20 minute commute. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> there's a bit of sunshine and there's, there's alligators and stuff. And exactly. I love it. That is the Chat. biggest difference. Like in <laughs> Illinois and up North and like Michigan and the Midwest, you can go play in the water. Mm. And in Florida, you just don't. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um I remember we went to far north Queensland, so like far up uh in, in Australia and I'd never been there. Type of thing a, a lot of Australians haven't seen as much of their country as people that come visit, you know. And I was like, "Oh, I'd always heard about it. I'm used to being able to just dip in the water wherever you want." And even like our coast, yeah, maybe you get some sharks and jellyfish, but like sure. it's we we live in a wintry area of all places. It's a really rough coastline. I've never once worried about that stuff. It's fine. Maybe I see a dolphin or a stingray, whatever. But it's it's yeah, whatever. Uh, you go up to far north Queensland. Every every beach has a sign. It's like no, no. You just like especially these seasons. Don't even like. Yep. As yep. far as as close to illegal as possible because like humans can't be trusted. But like wow like you will die like there's there's and, and you see them you drive past some kind of uh like inlets and stuff of rivers and there's just saltwater crocodiles it's like wow like that thing will decimate you yeah <laughs> it's literally like it's a magic an apex card. predator like, yeah, yeah exactly you're like okay okay yeah hmm that's pretty gnarly but uh yeah so that that analog too i think i've told the story but i um uh was watching one of zuby's streams one day with uh, i think colin was there as well colin o'clock and uh i was chatting to those guys and Zuby had to goes. Oh, hang on, wait. I, I've just got to leave the table for a second. And goes. Oh, the cat just brought in a snake. <laughs> it's just like, yep. What? <laughs> and I was like, Wow, that is yeah. Florida is a place. I love it. <laughs> it's just like the, the kind of stuff that happens. So uh, yeah. Any other gnarly little predators that you find about? Do you guys get spiders and stuff? You, you guys get. Oh, some we get, we get poisonous spiders and yeah. we get. Uh, I mean, uh, cockroaches. I hate cockroaches. Oh yeah, but they're, yeah. they just exist here. There's something terrifying about cockroaches. Yeah, exactly. Like I pull back the cover of the barbecue and it's like, you guys have just been living here all winter and there's nothing that will move you apart from a swift boot or whatever. But yeah, they're crazy, those things. But um, and I think Australia gets the bad rap with the like, spiders. I think you guys have equally like gnarly spiders for sure. I don't know. Our spiders aren't as big as our hands. <laughs> well, they're the fun ones. They're the fun ones in that they're not particularly venomous like the huntsmen's. They're just like... just obscenely like uh they're just visually impressive like they they're like mm, you're my face like wow but it's like <laughs> they're they're the type of we we grew up leaving them in the house because it's like oh you just chill there that's fine i'm not going to bother you um right they'll bite you but like only if they're threatened for their life like most creatures you know so <laughs> it's like right yeah. but um yeah then florida definitely things- will kill you <laughs> florida <laughs> couldn't handle florida i love it uh oh that's that's nuts there's another point I was going to touch on here, like continue the man, uh, the the magicy stuff. But uh, of of all your interests, kind of um, you know swirling around because everyone has some really interesting ones, of course. But we will talk about outside of magic, of course. But the the other one we were having a good chat about was Canlander, uh, Canadian Highlander, that I don't get to talk to many people about, and I I think 
there's an interesting kind of uh, discussion there as far as uh, like formats that can enrich your commander playing in a way because mm-hmm. when you realize that commander is a social game, we're not necessarily in it to win, especially casually, but having formats where the objective is absolutely to, you know, like everyone's on the same page. It is to win. That's the point. Uh, but it can still carry creativity. It can like carry a lot of like social fun and, and that kind of thing too. And I, I, do, I do find modern that way too, but I think Canlander is one for people to check out um definitely if you know they haven't before and even listen to some content about it is is my favorite thing to do like listen to north 100 even if i don't play fantastic yeah if i don't play canlander for a year i'm still listening to that every now and then just like interested to see to hear people really passionate about a format and what's changing in it and what like my favorite part is what different cards do that there can mm-hmm. be cards that do like stone nothing and stand stone nothing and commander, but it can be an absolute banger in in Canlander because of like it's just like that right Goldilocks um, zone of like mana cost and effectiveness kind of thing. So yeah, so um yeah, what's what's your involvement with Canlander and and do you get to play it every, uh, very often? Uh, I get to play it a little bit. I have two other players locally that I've convinced to build it, and I keep I bring my Canlander deck whenever I travel. Um, nice. So I generally have one to two EDH decks and a Canlander deck on me because I I really think it's the best format out there. And yeah, this yeah. is coming from a guy who absolutely loves Commander, <laughs> but I think Canlander is better. Yeah, um, my mate Alex says the same thing. He's like, yeah, this is actually like the perfect format in a way. Like, yeah. the, the points list keeps the format in check. You can do yep. pretty much whatever you want. Like there's decks of every shape and form in the that you can think of. Um, you can do it with like a, a commander budget and use soul ring as your points. You can do it with uh, vintage cards as your points. Yep. It's, it's nuts and you get to have a oh, great yeah. time and you can strip lock your opponents. You can <laughs> suit up a, you can thought seize them, strip all, strip their hand away. And then you smile, have a great game and go pl- shuffle up and play commander. And you've gotten all your, yeah. your cutthroatness out. So now <laughs> you can play your engulfing slagworm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can you can jam a few like you can jam a few games within like even half an hour sometimes. Like it's just sometimes they're really quick, sometimes they're like yep. absolute, you know, you draw them out depending on your matchup and it's just such an interesting uh one in that if if people haven't played it for it's it's a 100 card singleton format of course, but unlike something like Australian Highlander where you kind of go 60 card, you have a sideboard like modern this is all baked in, so you kind of have to have all your answers into that hundred that hundred card format. Um, that yeah, you can tutor for things, and there's ways to do that, of course, for like for you know toolbox uh, mm-hmm. solutions. But by virtue of having that singleton kind of thing, it's like you, all your games will feel quite different in, in a really satisfying way, and 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 it just like you say that 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 creativity I think is really awesome. That it's like there's no that that never feels like there's just an absolute tier one kind of you know the thing that has to be um you know you pretty much have to run just to to hang with all the big boys so to speak it's like no there's there's so much room for so many wacky different brews and and you know that can still be competent and powerful for sure and um but it's just it seems it's just such a positive environment too and like again listen to north 100 hear about the scene um the it's the loading ready run guys that run that and it's just like they they love it. Like, is it Serge and uh, I'm trying to remember who else is Serge Wheeler uh, and Jeremy? Yeah, and their minds kind of going, you know, uh, just having so much fun thinking about the game as well out loud is 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 really really positive kind of thing too. So highly recommend that. 
even like um, I was going to say too, that's the way I got to play it and haven't for a while, but I looked forward to getting back into it again was a mate, Alex. He, um, he got a few of us into it going, hey, let's just proxy what you don't have. Here's some like, you know, you can put some power in your decks if you want to use your point system that way. Like, and you actually feel what it's like to play a mox, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. But we're not playing in a place where you need the cards. Like, just proxy them. Who cares? And just have some yep. fun. Like, and, and we did, and I, I played this Merfolk Brew, which was like, pretty sweet. Like, um, nice try one. I got to play Death and Taxes uh, with a bit more like the vintage power to it as well, which I love. Um, super sweet. He made a really good uh, equipment brew, which I really enjoyed. I thought that was quite creative. Like he's starting to get to the the, the stage where he's he's making his own stuff too. But um, then there's like a bunch of like just really nice, uh, almost format kind of stalwarts that have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. The, the the archetype changes a little bit, but it's like it's still there. Like I imagine Blue Moon. I haven't checked for a while, but Blue Moon's probably still sticking around. Like Blue Black Moon's Mold there well. if you want to do something. If you want to go aggro, you can go in any color combination. Yeah, if you wanna, yeah. If you want to play combo, you can play even uh, Wheeler's Garbage Platter combo, yeah. which is four <laughs> to five color two card Monty. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. I also love it's. It seems like the um. It's it seemed to me because of the positive nature and like the kind of vibe and and culture of it. It's it's led to some of the best deck names I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like yeah, Black Mole was one of my favorite just because of the what it evokes, but it's not particularly funny. But some of them are so good. I remember playing one called Blue Velvet, and it was just this Grixis like pile of awesomeness. So it was so sweet, and it's like the 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 creativity that goes into those and the names is is excellent as well. And I've I've, I've got to dig some up because they're so funny. But um, yeah, for sure. the The other one was um, uh, I know we got to play it on. I think last year, especially when we couldn't get in, uh, hang out in person, but we did play it a little bit on, oh, what's the, like X Mage or something, like one of the, you know, unofficial magic mm-hmm. clients that you can kind of run that kind of stuff off. And that works quite well as well. But yeah, I think, like anything, we had a chat before about you can totally be into something without actively playing or doing anything with it too. Yeah. Um, you're talking about league and stuff, and it's like the, I, I, I actually really enjoy listening to like North 100 and, uh, you know, canlander content without playing any of it for a year and that's fine you know and it's it's just really cool because it just it it helps to contrast and and you know grow an understanding but also like hear what it's like to hear people that are really passionate about what they're doing kind of thing too yeah and it's they're they're passionate they love the game um i will i will shill for them anytime i think their stuff's great and i really think more commander players should play canlander Yes, and I yeah, think it, yes. like especially the the hardcore casuals because you'll both become a better magic player and you'll get your your competitive yeah. itch out, and then yeah. you can sit down and play a super casual game with Lackle of Titan. That's that's a really good way to put it too because I think there's even there 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 sometimes is a natural progression to the hardcore casual kind of uh, you know mentality, which is like you play start playing so much commander and saturating and becoming quite good too. Like the the, the players that have been playing a few years, where beca- like commander becomes the be all and end all, and it probably unfairly has to soak up a lot of your outlets. You know, like all mm-hmm. your needs for the what you need in the game, and it's like it probably shouldn't be the one to take all of those. Like. I always say too, like give modern a go if you haven't, especially newer players. I know they can not feel like it's a bit intimidating, but just give modern a go. Modern's really fun. Or my favorite is draft. I love draft because it's we're not we're not buying you know we're not buying our way into anything. We're just like we all start off on the same thing. Fun way to open packs and and learn kind of fundamentally like 
just really good, uh, yeah, like a foundational knowledge of the game kind of thing too. And and I think, yeah, Canlater has that role as well. But like, yeah, get the compet- competitive urges out and, and, and then that'll actually enrich the enjoyment of casual commander for sure and understand by contrast where you know each game each format has its like uh its roles for sure yeah and it tells you where where your lines are because like yeah totally like i'll strip lock you in canlander and i'll smile about (laughs) it but when we're playing uh casual edh like not gonna happen i'll run a strip mine for your gaius cradle but I'm not going to, like, recur out of the graveyard with a Ramanop Excavator to just be, like, strip lock you every turn because that's not <laughs> fun for me in this yeah. in the social contract that we've established. Yeah. Um, and then not to mention being in four players. If you start doing that to one person, I'm like, what are, what are you even doing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, the other people. Dying to the, the other, other players, two. <laughs> yeah, the other people, like, you're an ass. Like, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um there was one last magic kind of point I was going to touch on here, and um, before we move into some uh, some some less magic to, uh, kind of content, which is always one of my favorite parts, and, and seeing what what makes you tickle that stuff. Um, but kind of we hinted on it a little bit before, but it's kind of good to muse on. I like to get everyone's take on this as well. But like based on where things are going, it's interesting. We put magic as it's it's what we make it, especially commander. It really is like it's it's our cultural thing. It's it's kind of uh, our social uh, construct as well. Yeah, you do have, of course, this company making the stuff for it, and and there's a lot of chatter and and you know complaints about you know uh, fatigue of, of product and like oversaturation and and you know oh even the, the one I do hate I hate the whole like oh you can't have other IPs and magics like why not <laughs> you know we're just proving how that's actually a lot of fun and like right you know there's nothing precious about like what kind of universes are on these cards like put whatever you want on there that's that's the fun you know we've all played a goku deck you know that kind of thing um but yeah i think all that being said how do you feel uh about the, the future of commander the future of what what you guys are doing um your future enjoyment as well and and you know what the community has to do that and, and uh, do with that kind of thing and and in a way like i often get to the point with like some people kind of almost suggest it's like the community can kind of just do its own thing anyway and like drive it despite whatever happens from yeah, mm-hmm. the mothership so to speak but uh, yeah keen to hear your yeah. thoughts I, I think we're in trouble if we start getting a bunch of format staples and they start renovating the yeah. the format where it's just all of a sudden like every card that's being played has been published in the last two years Yeah, yeah. That's but I don't point. think that's going to happen and no. as long as that doesn't happen we're good and it doesn't matter yeah yeah we just, I think homogeneity is the um even if that's the word but yeah things becoming homogenous are the are the enemy of um you know consistent enjoyment and that's it just leads to boredom in a way like and it's what we say before it's like i just kind of find fun to like remove those staples and, and just go for something a bit wackier yeah yeah i mean and that's one of the things like you can always have your staple deck and then pull out your second yeah. deck that's doesn't have any of them or only runs a third of them and it's okay to run staples. It is. To- it's okay totally. to be That's the a good best. Point. Yeah. But yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. No, exactly right. I, I even put down to like I I kind of I like to play a staple if it like satisfies every condition to like, you know, it just fits like synergistically or something. Like I mean, I've actually found it really hard to put a I've got a doubling season, but I don't know where to put it. 
without it being like almost what we said before, like, oh, well, it's just a doubling season. You're clearly like so far ahead of everyone. Like, you know, right. kill that person. Uh, but it's like, does it go in the, does it help support the weird archetype that I'm working on? Uh, and then there's the kind of like argument like, oh, well, of course that deck works because it's got a doubling season. It's like, no, not necessarily, you know. Um, it's it's five clunky mana to hold, that to throw down on the table. Sometimes it's just not the opportunity to do so. But I've even thought like Naya Golems kind of deals with counters and tokens. Maybe you could do it there. And it's like, and it probably just doesn't need it, to be honest. Maybe it doesn't feel like the identity. But I think, yeah, that's that's a great point. It's like, I don't ever want to disparage anyone from playing the cards they want to play and, and playing the staples they want to play. That's fine. But like, you know, it is to, to each their own and everyone's kind of got Absolutely. their relationship with that for sure. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna see like a bunch of current staples in my deck, but you'll see acidic slime, you'll see a yeah. tunnel witness, yeah, and that's okay. Exactly, crows and grips the one that's really popped up for me in the last I reckon six to twelve months ago. How important split second is, and like oh, it's, beautiful. it's such such a vegetable of like you just need to you need to have that kind of interaction sometimes. And like I mean, sudden spoilings a real favorite of mine. That'll just you know. That's a good way to do the whole, uh, you know, what do you call it? The antithesis to the the Acroma's will. It's like, well, yeah, it's not all your things are zero to. It's like it's sudden spoiling into Massacre Worm. <laughs> Here you go. Yikes! Exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's you know those those kind of things. But yeah, split seconds one that really it took years for me to kind of go. Oh, that's there's times where that interaction is so important. Um, based on especially like free sack outlets are the one that usually comes to mind in that. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of the times with the board state that you can't do anything meaningful to interact with this player because they can sack things at instant speed in response to whatever you do. And it's like to, to be able to just go, nope, this is the final word for this effect is is incredibly powerful. I love it. I mean, I've been playing Magic for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now, and I still get split second wrong where someone will cast a cross and grip on oh, me yeah. and I'll be like, I, and I'm going to respond like, no, you're not. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no more to the stack. Exactly, exactly. I love it. Um, but no, it's, it's all good. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I personally feel like we're in a positive kind of place as far as community goes and, and kind of just, you know, continuing the the fun side of command, like you say, and especially if, um, you know, there's places like, like the squad basically cultivating positivity first you know and like that's that's what it's about if that wasn't there you guys wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it kind of thing you know and it's that's it's about the people you know and then the game kind of comes second is because we're all excited about it kind of thing so um no i love it um moving over then to uh to to finally finding out the uh the gauntlet of uh you know, the answers to the gauntlet of profile questions which we love okay. to do and i've been keen to throw these at you and i know you listen to these so i i know you've had a little bit of time to think about what that would be because uh, as I joke, if I did these, I'd be awful at them. I wouldn't know what to say. So yeah, I uh, I'll throw them at you instead. <laughs> First one, we all know this one. Uh, the barometer of what kind of person someone is. What's your what's your stance with pineapple and pizza, Kyle? So I don't eat pineapple. So therefore, I don't like it on pizza. There you go. Yeah, if it, it's just really that simple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. If, if I liked pineapple, I'd probably put it on pizza because I'll put anything <laughs> on a pizza. But if I don't eat it, I don't want it on my pizza. There's a hard line on that. Uh, on I love it. So uh, yeah, that's that's that that's a that's a fantastic concise answer because the amount of people are just like right in the middle, like yeah, it's fine. I was like, I'm probably like fine too. I like it, but like yeah, 
It's good. No, awesome. Uh, here we go. A little bit of a magic one. Uh, pet card you love may not be the best. Uh, Derry Gars, the original one. Derry Gars, the igniter. Oh, the one that makes saplings? No, that's... No, that's Rith the Awakener. Uh, Derry Gars, uh, it's a six mana for Jund. Three in Jund. Uh, it's a six, six. When it hits, it's got flying. When it hits you, you pay two in a red. You, they re- you pick a color. They reveal their hand oh. and take damage equal to the number of cards of that color in their hand. Yeah. And how many EDH players have how many cards in their hands? Yeah. And you're just like, oh. cool, hit you for six. Uh, <laughs> name, uh, even if you take five. Okay, cool. That is hot. Oh, God. So I I have a thing for the, the six mana Elder Dragons, uh, mm-hmm. the, the three color ones, and... I think I may continue this this mission to build them all because I just adore them. Um, Daragaz was always that that one was in my commander cube, and I'm like, I haven't done anything with this card. I've got to do something with it, and especially the whole ability. Like the other one, I'm kind of looking at and working on Dromar, which is cares oh. about colors colors in hand. There's a lot of wacky stuff you can do there. So Daragaz, you could you can play Revelation in Daragaz. You can see what's in their hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can even calculate it before the time. I love it. So, oh man, that's. I, I, I think there was a point where a lot of people were like, oh, these six mana dragons, they're too big, they're too clunky, and you got to pay mana for their effect or whatever. Um, and I was like, nah, I think they're so cool. Uh, and I think I'm more than happy for people to, uh, what do you call it, kind of downplay how cool they are, <laughs> you know, or yeah. their effects. Yeah, or go ahead. I think that say say they, they're bad. I'll beat you with it anyway. The, the best part of it is they each have an amazing effect in my mind, except like the Bant one is the worst, which is usually not the case. Bant's usually amazing. But like so, Trevor the Renewer? <laughs> I, I actually built a Trevor the Renewer deck uh, earlier in quarantine, <laughs> and it was uh, Jocko Mortar. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. And it was Torpor Orb Jocko Mortar. And wow. <laughs> Trava, I was like, I'll play Trava, and when everything goes wrong... I'll, I'll play Trava and gain some life. And the number of times I had to play Trava got really large. Wow. Wow. So Jocklemort is, of course, that that massive whale-looking Leviathan thing. I've always... From Cold Snap, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've always looked at like... five islands or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't untap during your untap step. Jeez, thanks, Ice Age. Uh, why? Or Cold Snap. Like, why do you have to limit me so hard? Because... You gotta you gotta pay the price if you want to play a massive whale looking Leviathan. It's twelve twelve trample. Yeah, it comes into play tapped. <laughs> wow, I love it. Whenever you play an island, you may untap Jock and Mortar. All right, nice. Or you just you just, just play your Intruder Alarms and stuff. But yeah, oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> we are truly on the same page. I love it. Um, yeah, the other one was I used to play Intet the Dreamer a lot, and um, oh I yeah, might put, I might bring big back together. Yeah, dream big exactly. Like dream very big. Like copy twelve meta spells. I love it. Like that. That was my jam for a while. Um, but the others I've looked at, I've got in Jund though at the moment. I've got Vivictus uh, Asmati, like the new one. So it's not yeah the dire. I'd, I'd I'd prefer yeah I'd prefer to put all the old ones together because I think they're super cool and and like I love the anything with the two in a color mana to ac- activate. I think it'd be nice mm-hmm. to have each one of those in in a row. You know, like because they're yeah, all can. Like cool. Ken from the Mana Squad has, I think, three or four of them together. He's got Tenev, Intet, Numat. Those Ooh, are the three nice. I can name off the top of my head. I don't think he's got Vorosh together. I don't think he's got Oros put together. Yeah, but I think Oros would be really scary. good. 
Oh, Oros yeah, is or- fantastic. I don't think anyone's looked at Oros. I'm like, Oros would be awesome. Like, yeah, there's, there's some like serious damage you can do. And then, um, huh. yeah, Dromar as well. Like I say, we're, I was going to do a uh, a wacky color switching deck, which could be very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I love it. I think you've just absolutely ignited my uh, my motivation to keep it kicking and like keep that project going because there are some sweet ones for sure. Yeah, um, and you and you win in doubt, you got a six six flyer. Exactly, which is not insignificant. Exactly. Um, oh, forgot the last one. I I am actually actively working on, and it's uh, the Grixis one because I don't have a Grixis deck, and it's uh, Croesus the Purger. Yep. Because you have, I just think it to be not necessarily a discard deck per se. But a things in people's hands matter kind of deck. I think that's really okay. interesting, and like, and and you can play them because it was like, where do I play the card Zara? I think Zara's awesome, <laughs> and it's like, well, well, okay, where are we going here? Where, I want to see what's in everyone's hands. So you play telepathy and like, yeah, yeah, your other effects like that, and then maybe you do a bit more. Like, what was the one in the commander set? There was one uh, where is it like mind steal or something anyway it plays a card out of their hand i, I generally love those effects uh, okay. i think they're interesting um but whether other people like them as well i don't know and then there's also most people go oh yeah i don't know how you do that on spell table it's like we'll figure it out <laughs> we'll, figure well it just out. all you have to do is just unsummon it unsummon their creature you- hit them with Krosis, make you discard your all the cards of that color have a good day yeah Pretty much, it's like that's that's a great way to put it. So yeah, uh, thinking about, I'll, I'll definitely need to lean on um, J Rose uh, on some of my expertise for that one and, and go what uh, what do we run here? But yeah, I think Grixis is just fun as well with uh, with with things that care about uh, drawing cards as well. Especially if you kind of you know fill people's hands up, you can chuck a Neki Siren there. It's kind of fun. Like yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So we'll work on that one. I think it'd be a nice one. But again, it's like. There's so much space in those decks for like I want to play the cards I want to play and like oh, I've I've had this like goofy creature I've wanted to put in a deck for a while uh, that just needs a home and this is where it's all right. Go. So we're running we're running Nekasar, Croesus, yeah. Warp Devotion. We're running Force Fruition. Force we're Fruition. Choke, yeah. We're gonna choke them on as many resources as possible and then make them discard as many of those resources as possible. Maybe we're yeah. running. Yeah. My Spy mind's going on this. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm having fun with this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, I mean, Karazakar has a little bit of that DNA in it. And I was going to say, speaking of cards I just want to play because I want to play them, Karazakar has Uncle Istvan in it, which is like, yep, sweet. It's just a really good blocker. Um, but there's there's definitely stuff that cares about, where is it? No, that it was that Precon as well had a few uh, really interesting um, cards that care about people's hands, which is really cool. So, but yeah, Spiteful Visions is in there. Uh, you can play your Font of Mythos if you want everyone to draw cards. Yeah. Kind of fun. It's like a, you can do some Nekisar stuff without being like, you know, Nekisar, which is... Well, yeah, if Nekisar's in the 99, you don't run a tutor. Okay, who cares? Totally. Exactly. Who cares? And it's like, I have a cool version of it from Commander Legends. I want to just chuck in the deck and see how it plays because it's, it's funny. Yeah, when I got into Commander, there were a bunch of Nekisar decks running around. You still look at yeah, EH Rex. And one of the old Boogeyman. Yeah, he was the old boogeyman, exactly. And it's like, now you never see an Ekisark, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, no, just looking through the uh, Karazakar deck, if there's anything else, I'm sure there will be, of course, but you just have a bit of fun with it, exactly. And, and uh, yeah, the other one, oh, I was going to say, so I said it before, joked about it, but Bucknard's Everfull Purse, when playing Karazakar, actually has been such a delightful card that I kind of want to buy a few and just chuck them in decks. Um, in that whole, like, realm where it's, like, you can be, you can have group hug elements that aren't group hug. You know, they're 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 ways that 
if it's in your best interest for people to play their best creatures and for, for you to then, for instance, in this deck, goad them, <laughs> make mm-hmm. them attack, I'm all for it. Like, I want to fill your hand. I want to. I want you to use it kind of thing. And then in, like, the Croesus deck, it'd be like, I want you to fill your hand so I've got, cool, like, more cool things to pluck out of it kind of thing. I think that's super fun. But the Bucknard's Everfull Purse is that kind of ilk where it's like, I want everyone to have their mana to play their big things, you know, that kind of thing. And it's been interesting as a two-mana artifact from this new commander set. They go one roll a d4 to create a number of treasure tokens equal to that result. And mind you, most people don't have a d4, which is interesting, but yeah, get to that. Um, but the, and then the player uh, to your right gains control of uh, Bucknards at full purse. So the purse goes yep. around pretty much the table. You you pretty much just, there's no downside. You just spin the purse. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone held onto the purse when I played it. Uh, you get one treasure minimum. Sometimes you have those turns where everyone hits four and you're like, oh, this is wild. We're going to Vegas, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, but that sounds it's wonderful. Genu- yeah, and it's, but it's it's one of those cards you look at and go, oh, that's like just a group hard card. Like, why would you want that? Like, no, it's it's symmetrical. Like, it's, yeah, but it's the type of thing that almost kind of has a little bit of goodwill. People are like, oh, but you played the purse. That was awesome. That's resulted in nice stuff for me. I might leave you alone for a little bit or whatever. Uh it's generally be positive for the whole table and like no one's got out of control until uh, we're playing Kristen and she, she blew it up and we realized we were all kind of dependent on the mana, like coming. Oh man. (laughs) I was like, that was a 40 chess, like top tier level move that you were taking advantage of the, the, of the, the purse until you're like, I'm in a position where I don't need it. And I think I'm going to leave these guys stranded. And it was awesome. I'm like, and the like the 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 kind of the flavor to that, and like the the drama was amazing. And it was like expertly done. And I was like, just a cool card. I've, I've I've had nothing but cool things to say about that card. So I think um, definitely play it. I love it. It's that uh, great. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, well, let's let's work on Croesus. I like that. I like that a lot. But um, yeah. Until then as well, Daragaz, I want to have another look at and uh, I might consult you if uh, I put something together because I think, like you say, it's like filling people's hands up too potentially. You can do some big damage here. <laughs> like, yeah. You can do some I mean, awesome stuff. My, I run it in my Gyrus deck, which no one runs mm. Gyrus other than like me and two other people. Um, love Gyrus. And <clears throat> everyone always tells me like, well, cut Daragaz. It's like, no, I'm not cutting Daragaz because... Yeah. You run into that random like blue control player and you slam Dairy Goss down. They look at you and you're like, uh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, oops. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I love the idea of weaponizing resources against people, especially if they they did it in a way where they got so much out of something. You're like, well, I'll just, you know, it's the price of progress thing, kind of. But yeah, equal to damage equal to cards in hand is so good. And it's super fun. What's the um? Oh, there's the other one that does that from Battle Bond. That is a it's a wheel if you want it to be, or it's a uh, it's a damage equal to cards in hand if you want it to be for friend or foe. Oh, that um, sounds awful. I need to look at this card. It's a good card. Oh, I can't remember because that all, that cycle of cards. Yeah, it's like the, they, the dragon's yeah, will all, or something like that. Yeah, they're all assigned to one of the legendaries. Uh, like one was like Piers Whim. Um, let's have a look if I can find it here. I can't remember. It's, I've Probably Corvath's Flame or Corvath's Desire or something Corvath's like that. Corvath's Fury. There you go. You got it. You got a good. Uh, you got a very good uh, uh, knowledge for cards because I'm, I'm running. I've out of, um, played Magic a long time. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. 
Yeah, Corvass Fury, absolute banger of a card. Like it's it's amazing, and that you can you can throw some people off. They're just like, oh, oh I was just sitting on thirty cards in my hand, but yep, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll take thirty. Like <laughs> that's fine. Uh, one of my favorite magic stories is uh, Cedric used to run a Grothama deck. Oh yeah. He, he we were at Gen Con and uh, uh, Mark or Mark Poole was there, and. So we're playing. We're playing a game of Commander. Mark Poole's not it. He's over in the Artist Alley. I attack Grothama. So that's like cool. So I draw a whole <laughs> bunch of cards. Think I'm super smart. Hits me with Stormseeker, killing me. <laughs> so what do I do? I go buy a Black Border Stormseeker and have Mark sign it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's yeah. Never forget. <laughs> that's the power move. That's yeah. And like one of the coolest pieces of, I, I honestly believe that one of the coolest pieces of magic art that I think I've joked before, that's an album I would listen to. Like that's, yeah. It looks a bit like, uh, oh, what's the one? The Jethro Tull album. It's got a bit of broadsword in it. Oh, you got me. I got yeah. nothing on this one. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, four mana. I've got to get me a Stormseeker because I don't have one. It's excellent. Instant speed too. So you can just eat them when you need to. Yep. Amazing. Uh, that, that's awesome. Great story. All right. The uh, the next one was, who would you most like to have dinner or drink with, dead or alive, real or fictional? Uh, so this one's real easy for me if you're willing to take a sentimental answer, and that's my dad. Uh, he died when yeah, I was no, 20 totally. years old. Um, no, I'm so, I'm died sorry, really yeah. suddenly. Uh, it's okay. Yep. Um, but like he didn't get to see me get married. He didn't get to see my kids get mm. born. He didn't get to see like me get my college degree. And I, I wish I could go and show him all of that. Yeah. So it, it, that's a snap-off answer for me. No, uh, hard agree. And that's, you know, that's, that's, the, type of, that's the type of answer I, I, I love to kind of get out of this too. And like you start, start to hear about, you know, people's backgrounds and what people mean to them. And, you know, um, and it's a great fear too. A lot of people have that like, they're like, oh, I, you know, I, well, it's probably even good to remember that too. Like if you just like, uh, you have parents that are around, whatever. It's like they're not going to be yeah. there forever, kind of thing. Um, no, and you know we can absolutely take them for granted. I'm guilty of that too, and um, yeah, for sure. Make the most of the time you got. Exactly, because um, we've only got so much. Exactly. No, great answer. Uh, what's your video game hall of fame? How many do you want? Oh, as many as you want. <laughs> all right. So, favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, the original oh, nice. PlayStation game. I absolutely love that game. I have sunk so many hours into that game. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, right behind that is Pokemon. I don't care which yep, version. Yep. I, I just want to yep. play Pokemon. Um, Pokemon game. Yeah. Uh, lately, and my son is eight years old, and he just got in. We got the the sun and or not sun and moon, the shield and sword. Oh yeah. And yeah. he can play now because he can read. And that was always wow. what I told him. I was like, as soon as you can read. I'll get you a Pokemon game. It's time. And, and like to live vicariously through that excitement again must be so good. It was so cool watching him like get his first Pokemon and like why he figuring out why he did it and seeing the team mm. that he picked and why he did it. And he beat the game on his own. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. I remember like that was not easy. I remember uh, doing it myself, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, you definitely, you have to think about what you're doing. And yeah, I, I love that part. I think that's the bit. Yeah, it's why Pokemon is one of our questions. Like, I I love that part of Pokemon that's almost like a personality thing. It's like, why do you choose the ones you 
you have an affinity towards, you know, for what can seem like no particular reason. Like, I just like that one kind of thing. It's why I love the Pelican, um, Polipa. And it's like just those kind of things. Everyone's got their favorite in, in a weird, weird yep. way. So, um, yeah. What did, what did he choose anyway? What, what By the end of it, was there like favorites? He's like... The, he he did. Uh, he definitely wanted all the legendaries. So he had like yep. the dog with the shield thing. He had oh, the, yeah. the yep. purple dragon. Um, but his his starter Pokemon was the the water Sobble. I yep, think yep. it is. And he he absolutely loved it. And he he wanted to restart the game immediately though. He's like, but I but I'm gonna pick a different starter this time because I want to see what the game's <laughs> different. I'm like, okay, well, start the profile oh, under mom. Mom's not gonna play the game. Yeah, yeah. It isn't it funny too, I've definitely felt that over the years with games where you have almost a decision paralysis where you're like, Oh, but I I, I could have chosen something else. Dang it. Uh and, and you're like, maybe I just make a parallel file and find out, you know, or yep. Can I just sit to the end and like sit still while I use this one and just accept this bit of uh, chance or fate or whatever, and then we'll find out, like you know, afterwards or whatever. But uh, yeah, all right. That's yeah, like he's every got like R- a, RPG. He's got like a Pangoro he really likes, and it's oh yeah. I highly recommend Pokemon to anyone who hasn't played it. Oh totally, yeah. And then I think it's it's interesting that we're we're I, I joked about including it as a as a question the first thing that like um you know i'm like oh but will everyone have played pokemon pretty much most people have like that's the beautiful part it's like in such a uh a state of saturation that most people have a relationship with it in in some way shape or form and at, at the very least they know that like oh that's kind of my favorite pokemon which is great right. yeah i haven't seen pangoro pangoro is just a cool panda yes Sweet. panda has got the thing in his mouth which if you're a kid the thing in your mouth is a cool thing Oh yeah, and you go like when you go for a bushwalk or something. Like you, you, yeah, yeah, you, you like I go, go grab a stick and you just like look like a badass. Like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's the best. I love it. Oh man, I've said it before. I um I am quite looking forward to uh the idea of being a parent one day and and thinking about all these things. Like and I mean I've actually got a little bit of this out of having nephews and I can live vicariously through them, which is really fun. But it's there's something else to seeing the way kids pick up on certain things and like what they make their interests i find really fascinating like why they do it as well like mm-hmm. that i think ultimately children are generally probably not given as much like uh credence or respect as like the the complex stuff that actually is going on in their brain whereas it's easy to go that's just a kid whatever it's like no this is a kid making their tastes their you know like intelligent decisions and that kind of thing and like they can really surprise you know, like why they kind of have an affinity towards certain things and and some of their like musings on them as well so um but this is the kind of stuff it's like oh why did you choose that one and it's like oh because this you know it looks like a kind of pokemon or something like i've heard that kind of answer i'm like oh cool i love that you know yeah that's awesome nice um yeah so i was gonna say well, that's a, that's a good opportunity too uh i haven't we had a little chat before i haven't played pokemon in years like just years and years and years so uh since not Ruby Sapphire was after that. Maybe Soul Silver, I think. Uh, so like thinking, what was the thing? The DS kind of range of, of games. Okay. But do you have these a Switch? Days, I do have a Switch. Yes. Is there is go, there one that you suggest? Oh, just go nice. get Sword and Shield. Yep. Yep. It, it's worth it. Oh, I love it. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> it's like where do I jump back in? And like, I'll enjoy it. I'll I'll. You know, we joked about it before. It's like once you play a Pokemon game, um, mine first, of course, like was that that path for me it was grade four. Uh, I had 
uh, yeah, Pokemon Blue, and like I'll never mm-hmm. forget that initial experience and that that initial Same. journey. And yeah, I remember so that you... Christmas when I opened it and I gave my brother a Taco Bell toy for Christmas. And why? <laughs> because the Taco Bell toy was a Pokemon, and I thought oh, he was yeah. gonna really love it. Yeah. I love it, love it, and it's like, yeah, you just, you just never, you never kind of get rid of your, your love for, you know, that game kind of thing and that, that experience and all those memories as well of that, that exceptional RPG. So, no, I love it. Um, any others on the Hall of Fame? Because I mean, was that just two? I think that was just two. two. Um, after that, it's Mario Kart. Uh, per- oh yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. I love Double Dash. Yep. Um, from the GameCube, but the new one for Switch is pretty good. Yeah, it's and- pretty excellent. Uh, the last game is Brigandine, which is a game no one's ever heard of, Ooh. except for me and my brother. It's a hex-based uh, army-building strategy game with fantasy and dragons and things like that. And I, I talked to you about, about this a little bit in the pre-show. Um, I love playing games that I, pu- I can put down when I want to. Mm-hmm. That They're not fast twitch reflexes. They're not how good am I and how quick I can think, but it's what I want to do when I want to play. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's a, it's a funny thing too with with you know life getting busier that kind of thing. There's something really important about a game like that too because uh, who knows who's getting interruptions at when you know like that kind of right. thing. And I joke about I've got um, I love Dark Souls. I've got a mate of mine. He's a he's a dad and he's just like oh should I get into Dark Souls? And he's really wanted to. I'm like and he's like but I have to leave the you know I have to leave the PlayStation yeah. <laughs> for a time time. I might not nope. get the game. And like it's yeah, just, not, not for you. It won't, a Dark Souls doesn't give a shit if you've got a life. It's just like it's just like nope. It's like it's gonna keep going. It doesn't even have a pause, which was one of the great like uh criticisms yet like trademarks of it. It's like, no, you can't pause this game. That's great. That's perfect. So um oh nice. Uh so Bring Down was Oh, it's on Switch now too, is it? Oh no. Uh is it on Switch? If it's on Switch, I'm buying it tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, it says oh no, it says Yeah, it says Brigandine Legend of Runer uh, Runercia? That sounds right. Uh, that looks right. And I keep saying in, bra- I see in brackets, or is it announced for Switch? Okay. Because it says the original PlayStation 1, right? Yeah, the original PlayStation 1 is the one I, I played a ton of. Yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend it if you've got an original PlayStation, if you've got the ability to find the game. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but again, oh, like I, I played that game as every country, including the the secret country that you're not supposed to be able to figure out how to play as. Oh, cool! Nice. Uh yeah. There you go. I think it is. It should be out for Switch and PS4 now. Oh Holy no! Crap! Oh no! I am so oh, dead. No. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with those, they're like, "Oh, it's coming out then," and then it may have been delayed, like as a lot of games do. But um, I mean, the the only way to find it, we'll have to go to the store oh. and find out. So in the thing. Oh Uh-oh. man! Oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah well uh, i know what i'm doing later tonight that's like for me it's like if they like oh we're just gonna redo morrowind i'm like oh no oh no <laughs> uh oh uh no i love it uh perfect i no, i really want to check that out now too for sure uh and, and i uh, as as i said before it's like i've got the switch but it's the type of thing we don't get we don't play that much to be honest like you switch are fun switches are funny often with um with people they're like they ebb and flow and you know they can be more of a multiplayer system at times but you know I've been looking for some things to uh, to chuck on it for sure. So here we go. Um, here's a fun one. Would you recommend us an album uh, of the musical variety? Sure. Something mean, so, means something to you. Yeah. So I listen to music 
pretty much everything under the sun. Uh, I could recommend something like a Lincoln Park. I could recommend something like a Flogging Molly. I could recommend yep. something like a, a Ben Folds. But mm. if it comes to me and it's my choice and I, I'm reaching for an album that I really want to listen to, it's yeah. Zach Brown Band, uh, You Get What You Give. Ooh, Zach Brown Band. It's a it's a country country band, and it is my favorite of their albums, and I highly recommend it. I I will listen to it the whole way through. Um, I actually used to play Zach Brown Band to get my kids to go to sleep. <laughs> love it, love it. Because uh, uh, I used to play some. it to keep them awake in the car, and then they used to fall asleep anyway. So it became mm. the opposite effect that if you played the music, they would fall asleep in the car. Yeah. I love it, and it's like this is the type of thing. Like, I don't think anyone's gone into the the, the country genre, and, and a lot of people like steer away from it. And I don't, I don't think that's the best approach. Like, I think it's there's some amazing stuff there too, and especially that's what it's about. I want to hear the the albums that mean a lot to someone, and and the why, and that's you know it is beautiful. It's awesome. Ah, um, oh, from Atlanta. Yeah, cool. Nice, nice. They got okay in the genres. Country music, reggae's in there as a subgenre. Yep. Do they go into reggae a bit? Interesting. A little bit. Inter- interesting. I love it. No, I definitely want to check it out for sure. Um, you said Ben Folds. I remember seeing Ben Folds here in Australia a few years ago. That was um, actually more than a few years ago. Now I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but, um, I, I, did, yeah. I had the same thing. I'm like, I saw him in Chicago a few years ago. Wait a minute. I haven't lived in Chicago <laughs> oh, in ten. how many years? <laughs> that was 10. <laughs> that was a decade. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, oh, oh, dang. But yeah, um, that makes me smile. And, and, and Ben Folds being a pretty just, just classic, you know, band of that time and always kind of have a nostalgia to him, I find. Awesome. Oh, nice one, dude. Uh, next one was, what's your favorite piece of magic art? Which which kind of sometimes correlates with your pet card because you're like, you want to play it because it's cool art. So my my favorite card, and one of the things that really drew me into magic was Ice Age's Scaled Worm. Interesting. Uh, it, was on, it was on the packaging. It's a terrible eight mana yeah. seven six with no <laughs> abilities. But I have a print framed in my house. I like the art so much. Wow. I love when they do that, which is just so wacky. They're like, we're going to put this on the packaging as like one of the, the, the figureheads for the set. And it just turns out to be like, what? Like, that's not I used impressive. to think it was so cool that I owned wow. a card that was on the packaging. Wow. It's, it's like... The scales are excellent. Like they're yes. almost underwater scales too. But like the face is very much like a Skeksy uh, from uh, Dark, uh, Dark Crystal. Very, very cool. Like the full beak dragon-y thing. Oh, that's excellent. So Daniel Gellon. Any other um, artwork from Daniel Gellon? Uh, uh, I think so. But I, I did reach out to him. Uh, I saw on Facebook I don't know, a decade ago now, he was like, I'm doing a show and I've got prints. And I'm like, I can't be there. Can I get a print anyway? He's like, sure, I'll mail it to you. Oh, yeah. So I recognize this art style. Daniel Gillen's excellent. Like, because it's like, that makes me feel of that time of the game as well. Like Homer and Warrior. It's just a freaking lobster with a little snail backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Little stuff. But like, um, a lot of people recognize Library of Ling. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh Kaplusen Giant is awesome. That's like so, so sweet. Uh, what's that? Arborea. Man, Arborea is fantastic. If you play it, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, oh, uh, yeah. No one can attack uh, unless you play a spell. Uh, unless you play a spell. But you don't play <laughs> spells on your turn, so no one can attack you. <laughs> exactly. Take that. Uh, 
One of my favourites, and this unironically goes in a deck that actually hammers. I love it. Goblin Snowman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I've got three Rakdos decks now, and I never thought I was a Rakdos player or whatever. I just love them. I think they're, it's it's the, the Goldilocks zone of enjoyment for me lately. And I build a Zagreus deck, so it gives all your Goblins. It's Goblin Tribal, and you give all your Goblins Death Touch. And like a Goblin Snowman, a 1 1 4 mana Goblin, which is a snowman with Goblins behind it, of course, ironically. Uh, it just sits there, and when it blocks, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to and buy it this turn. Love that stuff. Love that stuff. That's having a guard go on Mazoa. And it goes tap, da- Goblin Snowman deals one damage to target creature it's blocking. So he can't, it's just impenetrable. It's like you can yep. give that thing death, death touch and it's like, yeah, no. Like, never. It was Brash Taunter before there was Brash Taunter. <laughs> exactly. It's, like, it's the most budget Brash Taunter ever. It's like I, I've got my Brash Taunter at home, but yeah. And now, of course, like looking for as many ways possible to uh, make Brash Taunter-like effects. Love it. Um, I, I, I can keep going down the rabbit hole of Daniel Gallen uh, artworks because now I'm finding how many great ones there are. The Thalid, the original Thalid. That's sick. The Thalid looks like a bit of a um, cephalid. It's like a squiddy creature. It should yeah. be more of a fungus creature and it's holding did a star. He, I'm going to pull up the, the Thalid real quick to see which Thalid he did because there was a bunch of... Um, oh, because it's Homelands, was it? Or Fallen yep. Empires? Because it's like everything had like... 15 different arts. It was great. Oh, you did Chub Toad too? I love Chub Toad. I love Crawl Worm. Yeah, <laughs> Chub Toad. You did, oh, I did Burnt Offering, the uh, the Wicker Man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, seriously, Daniel Gunn's got some... Um, for, like, I was like, oh, did he, did he do any more... Um, oh, he did Strip uh, Mine, if, you, if yeah, no one's ever heard of Strip Mine. <laughs> exactly, the iconic one. What does it say in the... Um, I know the stocks pages or like the when you're choosing which Strip Mine it is, everyone's like Uneven Horizon or like there's all these different different ones or whatever it's got the lookout showing got the yeah yeah the look no no sky showing <laughs> where's the sniper on the hill exactly but yeah it's funny it was like daniel gallon i wonder if uh, daniel gallon has many cards yes <laughs> yes many yes. great uh really great ones energy tap as well oh that's that's great we oh could wheel go of fortune <laughs> yeah classic oh there you go well, okay so we definitely know this artist yeah uh oh lich hell yeah yep original lich um that's a good time <laughs> sorry i think my favorite thing with daniel gallon is 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 painting any kind of like uh aquatic kind of creature so like even the thalid i put in this category but king crab <laughs> oh have you played king crab <laughs> king crab's amazing put target green creature on top of its own library all right so this is going in uh i think this goes in uh dromar color switching because if you can change it goes in green, intet Oh yeah, it does too. You put you put your own thing back on top of your deck, and you get the trigger again. <laughs> so so all right, all right. Let's do craft here. We're putting in my. I play my Apex Devastator, my uh-huh. four K thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, but it's done. It's just an idiot ten ten. You don't need it anymore. Ah, oh, what crap. So I put it on top of the library, and we do it all again. <laughs> exactly. There you go, King Crab. Great card. You heard it here. It's amazing. <laughs> oh man, Daniel Gallinard, the best. I love it. Great choice. I <laughs> uh, better move on before I find too many of these that I absolutely adore because I do. <laughs> That's the best. That's okay. We can right, revel right. about magic art all day. Oh, exactly. That's what this is about. Exactly. No doubt. Um, speaking of non-magic things, though, uh, next one was recommend us a movie. This one's harder for me because I don't watch a lot of adult movies anymore, and yep. I'm told that doesn't mean what I think it means. <laughs> um, yes. But, but on I the have contrary, kids. I was going to say, on the contrary, we uh, you probably heard, but 
with uh, MTG Lexicon, we did a whole tier list that I think spanned a long time, which was all the Pixar movies and the animation ones. And the amount of those that have deep, like often like civilization and like commercialism themes and like, you know, some, some deep stuff in them was amazing. And the best ones often do anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it's by the same token, kids movies, quote unquote, they're not, they're not usually kids movies. You know, they, they have so much for everyone. So I am, I am a Disney fan. I, I live oh, near yeah, Disney yeah. World. Um, if you want a movie with music, I recommend Moana. If you want a movie oh, yeah, without yeah. music, I recommend Big Hero 6. Yeah. And those are my yeah, movie recommendations. Big Hero 6 will make you cry. I mean, actually, it will. Will these days. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, absolutely not ashamed to say that. Like, that's, yeah, um, amazing one. Love it it handles Six. depression and healing and loss in yeah, a kid's yeah. movie. That's what I'm loving these days That in a way that, was kind of never done before but they realized that again this is respecting kids for the sponges they are and if we address these things now uh mm-hmm. we can start to condition the next generation to go hey guess what like being a person is complex it's hard <laughs> you know like we used to think it's like oh everyone could just like kind of knuckle down and just do it you know and and just like ah whatever just be strong and that was definitely i remember the messages growing up even it wasn't that long ago. Like I'm only 32, and it's like growing up then was just like the amount, how different it is to what we, we. I feel like we've realized, you know, people have realized what it takes to function as a person in this life. Uh, and if you can have your media address those things and like help normalize talking about them, that kind of thing, it's like that makes me so happy to go. Guess what? Like, yeah everyone's going to have a mental problem. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. what it's going to be kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah we're talking um, when we're doing that whole thing with the, the Pixar movies and stuff like that one. What's that one? Inside Out was yeah. Uh, some people some people are like, yeah, hey, it's all right. I'm like, nah, that one hit me like a sledgehammer. <laughs> like the one when it talked about depression and stuff and like the different like uh, aspects of your psyche and when which ones can pop up at certain times when you're just like, wow, like and, and you know, can more so or less brings healing. You. Totally, totally. So, um, yeah, hard agree for sure. So I have to ask you about, so uh, I never know which one is, Disneyland, Disney World. So uh, world's one... in Florida, land's in California. Uh, so is the world the biggest one? The world is the biggest physical footprint. Wow. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I, I'm so fascinated to hear about, you know, like you, as a kid you hear growing up Disney World and Disneyland. It's, like, I, it's, it's the pinnacle, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't until... Uh, I used to listen to a podcast called Idle Thumbs, and they were okay. um, they were an amazing. Uh, I've talked about them a few times. They still do some stuff here and there, but like an amazing crew. Some of them worked for a studio called Campo Santo, and they made Firewatch. One of them worked for Bethesda. Uh, basically, like a really cool network around the game sphere. But they mm-hmm. just had the best view, and they actually were a big inspiration why I started this podcast. And um, but they would just talk about whatever. It was awesome. But the amount of times they go off on tangent about disneyland disney world and it's like to hear that was what i didn't quite realize that what it means institutionally especially for adults like across america and stuff and that's just like this this is no this is still the place like you still you still plan a trip here and like this is the coolest like it's you know there's still so much cool stuff to like it's it can't be witnessed anywhere else i imagine and it's like it's it's very strange because like my my <laughs> wife's my wife's family is fully drinking the Disney Kool-Aid. Like they yep, yep, they yep. love Disney World. Um my both my father in law and my brother in law took their wives there for their honeymoons. Oh wow. Like, yeah. They've they've done everything Disney under the sun. Mm. And I'm on the back end, I'm like, Man, this is fun, but 
couldn't we do other things too? And they kind of look <laughs> yeah. at me and they're like, okay, we'll just keep doing Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's what like just like blew my mind. It's like, no, you you the people planning like you know at, again like I don't mean it this way, but adult getaways, you know, like yeah. not like adult movies, but like as a way, I was like, I always just thought it was the kids' place. Like, no, 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 this is for everyone, and it's just like such a spectacle, but. The, the the fun thing I'd hear them talk about as well is like, you know, the way it's got with popularity and stuff. Like you literally do have to, it's it's the the inter- interesting like process of things. You have to book in your like your spot at the the restaurant place like six months in advance and then evens for some rides and then you still got to st- stand in line and it's just, it's it's pretty incredible. Like the extent of all that and that like that's a whole experience. Like definitely waiting which um makes you think of like playing those games like roller coaster tycoon and stuff like that like growing up you're like <laughs> it's making a massive one of them where it's like oh do you just want to uh-huh. wait all day and how are you gonna like that's apparently like i've heard people say it that it becomes what should be like the coolest most exciting experience to like someone's like got to be scheduled it's like almost regimented you're like we've got to do this we've got to be here this time you know that kind of stuff just to make it there because everyone wants to go to the, all the different parts yeah, I highly recommend Disney World if you ever come down to Florida. Um, I'm a big fan. I'll probably meet you at the park or I'll meet oh, you yeah. nearby the park afterwards. Yeah, I think it has to be experienced, absolutely. So, um, yeah, all good. And, and, and like, it's, I, I love, uh, I love hearing, like, it is tales of stuff that, like, it's, it, it's an alien world to me kind of thing. Like, we've got a few of our theme park kind of lands, whatever, so to speak, but it's like nothing quite like that. That's, that's incredible. So, we'll do it. We'll do it. I'll hold you to it. Anyway. Um, next one was, oh, we've, we've got there finally favorite Pokemon. Uh, so normally I say Dratini, but today I'm oh, going to go Night of Pokemon. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So both, both originals. I love that. And I love that you put pick Dratini because Dratini is like the embodiment of like the path to something special, of course. And Dratini yeah. is just so cool. When you find your first one, you're like, this is my friend. And yeah. I know pe- people have picked Dragonite as their, you know, their favorite, but yeah. I respect that a lot, but Nido King, Nido King, interesting. Can uh, learn anything. Can literally really? learn any move. So I can give Ice type, Beam, right? Thunderbolt. No, it's uh, Poison, oh, no, poison Ground. Poison ground. No, no, no. You're right. So right. you have Earthquake, Ice Beam, Flamethrower, Thunderbolt, like all Dang. the big crazy moves. And like, why do I need to learn something that gives me like stat bonuses? No, I'm here to smash face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny. That's the way I played Pokemon growing up too. It's just like stat bonuses, but we're here for action. Like I don't want, you know, and I'm I'm sure maybe I I approach this game more like an RPG these days, and like would actually look at like different status effects. But the amount of things like oh, I don't I don't care about special defense up. Like what what I don't care. Like it's just like yeah. what the big you can have special spell, defense like, up, but if you're <laughs> dead, it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, poison ground seems like a really nifty little combo too. Like it feels like the defenses would be in the right place. Uh, no, got... it's it's the opposite. It it gets oh. wrecked by everything. Oh, okay, so grass and water kind of yeah, smasher. Okay, grass, okay. water, ice, psychic, bug. You you wow. take four x damage or two x damage from everything. Yeah, yeah. I see t- here too, like original cards. Uh, so there's that for because I know I remember what was it like Gen two or three or something when they started to expand the verbiage of like uh, the, what do you call them? The types. So they're mm-hmm. not just like, there was a few more. You had your dark, you had your dragon, you had your steel. You know, I think dragon existed in the first anyway. It yeah, did. It's long memory anyway. Uh, but like seeing the original cards of like, so Nido King would be a... It was a fighting like, card. 
or, or like even a grass even going back it looks like yeah it might have been just wild and it's like yeah it's like because it's not technically but that's probably just the way they wanted to pick poison i guess which is um kind of interesting and then like you say yeah there's fighting as well like um because kind of that kind of encompasses ground but yeah now it's interesting to, to see how that evolved over time but yeah nidder king's pretty boss um what's the other one and then well one of them's trying to say psychic kind of maybe they just didn't have enough symbols to like figure yep. out what was the best one to put it in um which just goes again, everywhere yeah, they've expanded the verbiage now, but uh, yeah, and no, I love it. Nido King is pretty boss. Looks a lot like Rhyhorn, uh, just with big ears and purple. But cooler. But cooler, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but tons cooler, like objectively better, like easy. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, but yeah, like what about, uh, yeah, what about Dratini a little bit? Like was that like your first time you found your Dratini? Like this is my mate. Well, remember I told you about getting my uh, brother that Taco Bell toy? Oh yeah, yeah. It was a Dratini. Ah, there you go. I love so it. So it's always love been it. with me. Like I always, I've always loved dragons, and it was yeah. the first dragon, whether Charizard was or was not. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I was a Blastoise man. Yeah, I've me even too. got a me Blastoise too. tattoo. So. Oh what? Hell yeah! Yeah. Nice. Um, so what, what's cooler than a uh, a turtle with cannons? Like... <laughs> a turtle with sunglasses and cannons. Sort of squad. Yeah, hard agree. Actually, yeah, exactly. Um, and is that a is that a like hidden secret reason why you've got squad in the um you know the matter squad name? Uh no, but it should be. <laughs> so just get all your little yeah next thumbnail idea. You got to get your squirrel sunglasses on exactly. Yeah, the coolest guy, the coolest deal with it shades. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, the uh, well, the, I remember the the Dragonite promo I've talked about before that when the first movie came out, um, that was something. I should mm-hmm. probably go dig up and find because that was a pretty cool moment. I'm like, Dragonite, again, just looks like... It was just that, that combination of, like, powerful yet huggable. Like, you just, like, yeah. looks like you, your friend, you know, for sure. He, he's here to wreck your face unless you need a hug. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, that reminds me. So, Dratini was catchable in the first one, right? But, like, near the end. Wasn't yeah, Dratini you could catch also- it with a... You could catch it with a great or a super rod in the safari zone, if I remember right. That's right, yeah. And it ha- oh, the safari zone was so exciting in the first game. I was like, wow. Um, but wasn't it also possible to get one from the casino? I think so, yeah. You could get it from... <laughs> that's, what, that's where I got mine. With like, with like 10,000 coins or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I'm going to support like animal trafficking. Like, it's like, <laughs> I, I felt I felt very conflicted as a kid. I'm like, this is the, like, the, the normal way, which, you know... Say what you will about the, the the nature of Pokemon. Some people go, oh, it's about catching animals, whatever. That's, I don't know, it's a fiction thing. But like, I'll say, yeah, I'll just go to the casino where they're like <laughs> just smashing the slot machines and I'll go buy mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet. Love it. Um, all right. In that case, let's, uh, let's, let's round it out with um, my favorite one, though. In just a few words, what does magic mean to you, Kyle? I mean, I've talked about this earlier. Like, it, exactly. it's about the people I've met around the world. Like it, it's something I can do whenever I travel. I bring a magic deck with me because you never know when you're going to have a free evening and you just swing into a local game store and you're like, hey, anybody playing Commander tonight? Yeah. And maybe not. Maybe you just pick up a card or two. But like I've made friends around the world because of a mm-hmm. card game. Yeah, it's wild to think about. Like it's 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 bloody special. Exactly. No, I love it. Um, and and again, yeah, I, I kind of state it, and I, I like to state it to most people. It's like just 
you are the kind of person and, and, and what you guys do with the squad is like the, the kind of people that, that just inspire me to keep playing Magic each week and, and remind me why it is because it is the card game. We're all expressing stuff, but it's like, it's it's how positive those, uh, you know, interactions are. Even just watching your contents, like you guys are just having fun. Like, you know, like we're not going to be too uh, serious about it, that kind of thing. We just enjoy it. We'd be passionate about it and, and enjoy each other's company respectfully too. So, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and, yeah, keep being awesome, dude. Love it. Thank you. Um, but uh, as we do as well, well, we'll kind of bookend the whole experience, uh, the Commander Crunch experience with uh, with with – uh, another f- like favorite little bit on the end uh, of the entertaining, which is kind of any non-magic media uh, or whatever. It can be game, music, uh, you know, kind of movies, TV shows, whatever that's had our taste for attention this week. Um, and I can I can swing it to you if you've got one ready. Otherwise, I can I can reel one off. Uh, I can do either one. I, I'm both prepared with an answer or I can wait and listen for you first. All right. Fire away. What you got? Like, what have you been vibing on this week, Kyle? So I am I am a huge fan of watching competitive League of Legends, um, mm. despite the fact that I am horrible at I would I have, assume I would be horrible at the game. I've never played the game. I never will play the game, but I love watching it. And mm. right now they're in the middle of playoffs. So Ooh, nice. When I go home tonight, I will be scoping out Brigandine uh, reviews to see <laughs> if the game is worth buying because apparently it's really expensive and. <laughs> Uh, checking out the the League of Legends games tonight because Cloud Nine's playing tonight, and I want to see if they can if they're going to be really disappointing or if they're going to uh, do well. Nice. I have actually I do recognize and I don't know much about this whole scene or anything um, except by some people saying it's really interesting. And again, that you don't have to be a player to play it. I think it's yep. like that's a it's a, a good thing to remind myself because I usually find I have to play something to be interested in spectating kind of thing uh, for sports, whatever. But it doesn't have to be the case, you know, and, and it's probably a nice, interesting, fun thing to get into. But Cloud9 is a name I do recognize from, I believe I've watched a couple of documentaries on um, on the kind of like the esports scene and the growth and development of it and those instrumental people kind of thing. So, because uh, it still blows people's mind what the esports scene actually is and like how much money there is in it and how it is actually, it is a sport, you know, it really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Like I used to love watching sports. I love what I used to play rugby back in the day. And oh, nice! There's not a lot of rugby to be watched in the U.S. Unless you're going to say, yeah, find that's, on the I'm just surprised to hear rugby. We've got tons of it here, of course. Yeah, um, I know. And a lot more actually up north, a bit more. Like not as much around here locally in southern, you know, in Victoria, but like a little bit. But yeah, New South Wales, Queensland, they live and breathe rugby. It's amazing. So I was I was pumped when the Olympics were on a couple of weeks ago, and I could watch the I could watch rugby games for a while, both yeah. sevens and full teams. But uh, watching League of Legends really scratches that itch for me because I don't have mm. three or four hours to sit down and watch a football game or watch a basketball game, but yeah. I do have twenty to forty minutes to watch a League of Legends game. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, that's a good that's a good digestible size too, and I think a lot a lot of the. Uh, sports to be able to have a, a condensed version is really powerful too if like you can find a way to do that and that's i know some sports is not that possible and i know i don't always have the time for an nba game to watch the whole thing but i've said before the uh i think it's mlg highlights which is funny because it sounds like major league gaming um but uh the it's one of the youtube channels and they condense down all the nba games into like less than 10 minutes but in oh, a wow. way that it's it shows all the not even just the highlights it shows everything of consequence so like it's it's a shot it's a block or whatever 
So it's not even like when you see a possession start on one side of the floor, you don't know it's they're, nece- they're not necessarily going to score, but you know something happens, it may be a block, whatever. But to condense that down really concisely, in a way you can still get the flow of the game. There's still a lot of drama. You never know who's going to hit the last shot, that kind of thing. And they can do that really well uh, without missing too much. So it's like you don't get all the slowing down for free throws, that kind of thing too. Um, I mean, there's nothing quite like watching a whole game and having the time to do so and the peace and relaxation. But, you know, to watch that in 10 minutes is, is really good. And, you know, um, it's interesting to see that the sports that can do that effectively, including esports as well, um, it's it's a really important thing for people to be able to like jump onto it. Especially if it's like the type of sport that, you know, a lot of sports just start off culturally just part part of our thing, you know, like we, we just know them. And I know here we've got Australian rules footy and uh well football and people just are into it. They always are. So they don't almost they don't almost don't need to worry about enticing new fans, but anything new, especially an esports thing, they gotta that's the way they've got to contest and it's like you've got to yep. get that cut through of make this digestible and understandable for a novice kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely keen to check out League for sure. Love it. What do you um, got for us? What I've got this week, I had a couple of things. We've been watching, uh, last night, really enjoyed watching season three of Fargo. So, um, the it's Ewan McGregor is the main actor in this one playing two uh, two brothers, which is really interesting. As all the Fargo series go, love the um, the... The artistic, so like acting chops that people take, that it takes people to really pull off a good Minnesotan accent, uh, as in we've seen uh, Kiss and Dunst do it, we've seen Billy Bob Thornton and Martin Freeman did a really good one. So any of the seasons of Fargo, highly recommend, they've been excellent. Uh, and then halfway through number three as of last night, and we just, it's it's one of the best stories yet. It started off a bit slow, and I remember it's one of those things, one and two are so good that, we started off and Kate's like, ah, oh, it's not the same. It's like, ah, oh, and I'm like, we'll just give it time because we've got to like get used to new characters, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, you know, it, it will get there. The other thing was um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars has actually been on as okay. a bit too. Kate's been watching that one. That particular one I think is one of the best, the single best uh, seasons I've I've witnessed in, I think we've watched most of them now in our household, which has been a, a really exciting like six months that it's just been, um, again, I've, I've kind of stated before, it's a show I didn't think I'd fall in love with or anything, or I didn't think I had anything to do with it or, uh, would be important to me or that kind of thing. But what it means again for, um, like representation, people finding themselves and their stories and, and, and what Rue's done for the world, essentially, like it's been huge. And, um, the latest one is one of those that some of the, um, some of the Queens on there that they were on the show 11 years ago and to see how they've changed over the years, um and and it's it's super super interesting and and changed and that kind of thing and what the show's meant for them but like it's just it feels like if i put an analog to basketball it's like you have two all-star teams absolute all-star teams of favorites that you know were like i love watching to play when they're young and then they're all kind of got together 10 years later for an absolute showdown of excellence like it's just it's amazing so there's a lot of design factors in there that I love too because, you know, I'm in a creative field, I guess, and it's, you know, artistic things that, you know, there's a lot of artistic expression that kind of gets dealt with there. It's, it's awesome and and just absolutely excellent. Like, um, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, I'm playing Dark Souls 3 again, which is, um, how's this? What a week. I've got three things to talk about. Um, I found, I was like, I, I was looking for something during the week to kind of, uh, to switch off with like game wise a little bit and people laugh that I choose Dark Souls for a game to switch off but I found like my rhythm back in a you know the Dark Souls game I haven't played for a few years and it's like 
just kind of running through a playthrough again, which there's not many games I'd like to do that with, uh, as in do things twice and, and do a playthrough. But Dark Souls is the type of thing, like you said with Pokemon before, you can go, oh, what if I picked, you know, Pyromancy? And what if right. I tried that way? And it's it recontextualizes the whole game, you know? It's, 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 it's really wonderful that I've played Dark Souls for years, yet it still has an amazing way of humbling you and handing your ass to you, like, you know, just smashing you into the ground. You're like, oh, I forgot this is actually hard. I thought I was going to ace this, but nope. Um, and especially that you're picking different, you know, it can do the Pokemon thing too. Like, oh, that was easy first time around because you had like the elemental advantage or something. And it's like this time, like, wow, I'm doing a completely different build. This is surprisingly difficult <laughs> like why am i having so much trouble so um i kind of really enjoy that for sure and there's also like really nice to put down the summon sign and seeing like i'm getting summoned by people left right center like all the time to see like this game years later and there's still a whole bunch of people playing it and looking for summons i'm like sweet and there's always the thing with dark souls that got me that uh i was a bit turned off to multiplayer games for a while uh, and when I got back, like, I found Dark Souls and there's like a PvP community and like a, you know, supportive community that like, for the most part that gesture to each other and they bow and they wave and it's like, you know, it's like, it's actually quite nice. So there's a lot of that going on, but um, yeah, that's been my week for sure. Sounds like um, a fantastic week. Yeah, it's actually quite nice. A lot of di- like different kind of things uh, swirling around, which is always like my favorite place to be, which is like. There's nothing worse than like, oh, I've got nothing to watch. I'm not interested in anything. So, yeah, being interested in things is uh, is, is my favorite place to be for sure. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I think that I think that wraps up into an episode and I, I think I might uh, might let you go along your way and and, uh, and go uh, have a restful sleep and I don't know how late it is for you now and uh, uh, was when we start. Yeah, no, it'd still be reasonable time, I imagine. But, um, yeah, I've got to go off and, and enjoy the rest of my afternoon and go do some uh, some housework and mow the lawn whatnot but um yeah no apart from that kyle it's been absolute joy and i'm I'm so stoked to get you on and and you know kind of run through and like i i thought we had a bit in common with commander and the way we look at it but now it's like 110 percent now and it's like it makes me that smile so much when we're thinking on the same page of like the wacky things we're doing in commander and you know and then the greater context of what it means with people and that kind of thing so yeah, I want you to keep doing what you're doing and um yeah, we're here to kind of always shout you out and, and um you know, wanna just keep seeing the squad doing what it's doing kind of thing and you know, be awesome. Well thank you so much. I, I can't again, I always surprise when people want to talk to me and I'm always glad that someone does. So thanks for having me on. I love it. And I'll um I'll come join you on a Sunday our time sometime soon. Uh if you need friends on the stream, like you said, I'll um I'll gladly take you up on that offer and um yeah, we'll we'll jam some more and, and get some wacky uh six banner elder dragons going again. So um for sure. Love it. Um but uh until then, Kyle, where can the people find you? You can primarily find me specifically on Twitter at Kyle C. Carson, because I use my real name on Twitter like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you want to find the channel, you can find us on YouTube and Twitch at One More Mana. Love it. Love it. Um, and you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam on the Twitters and the Instagrams. But more importantly, you can find, well, actually, before we get to the podcast, you can find Chesh at, he's usually here. I always get to this part when he's not here and I don't have it written down because he says it. Uh, where is it? 
You can find Chesh at Cheshire Plays on most places kind of thing too. Uh, he's under the Twitter name at the moment, Shitty Hulk, which makes me laugh, and he's got a picture of Chris Hemsworth. So um, <laughs> he's on fire. <laughs> Go gives Chesh some love. Uh, he'll be back, I think, next episode, that kind of thing too. He's just having a bit of a break. But, um, yeah, you can find the podcast at... Uh, the website is samdrcrunch.fireside.fm on Twitter at samdr underscore crunch, uh, Instagram at samdrcrunch, and you can send thoughts, feedback, uh, pictures of cephalids, whatever you feel like, to samdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. So don't be a stranger. But um, yeah, being a joy, Kyle. Uh, let's keep the good vibes flowing and, um, you know, I've got a few uh, projects I definitely want to, um, you know, keep chatting to you about and <laughs> we'll brew them together kind of thing too. And, oh, yeah, send us that Zolto list. I definitely want to see Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, I'll For get sure. that up. But, yeah, like let's – let's. I think primarily Croesus is the one I'm, I'm actually really zipped about right now too because uh, Croesus also has a really crazy artwork. I forgot, I've got to say the old frame artwork is sick that I, th- I think a lot of people don't see that one. Um, Isn't that like Pete Venter's artwork? I believe so. It's got the lightning, uh, lightning bolts and stuff like that. So, um, oh, they both got lightning, but I know which one you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, it's like awesome. the side profile and the old border. That's so nice. So nice. Uh, I'm just double checking the artwork now. Oh yeah, Croesus's attendant is a card I have too that like just showed up as well. It's a golem that you sacrifice for Grixis Manor. Just straight up looks like Iron Man. <laughs> just like, yep, almost like copyright yep. infringement level. Wow, didn't, didn't <laughs> even bother great. trying to hide it. Just like, yeah, this nope. looks like Iron Man. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah, Pete Vance is the art. Love it. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of looks like a 1960s like uh, a creature from the Black Lagoon type thing, like old uh, yep. Aqua thing. So funny mouth. Love it. All right, let's build a uh, Croesus. Love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So until. Whenever we record another episode, probably next week, probably a week after, we'll find out. Um, keen to get some of the other crew definitely from the uh, the Matter Squad on, of course, see what Derek's up to and, and, and um, you know, the crew, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out from there. But, yeah, basically everyone's got their story and love telling them. And, um, again, thanks so much, Kyle. It's been nice. But uh, any, uh, any advice to uh, give to our lovely listeners before you sign off? Rule zero is important. Have a good time. Bunch of decks win too. Exactly. Remember to enjoy the game. I think that's my one too. And um, yeah, family and life matter too. And uh, it's, you know, we're all enjoying a game. Like, let's have fun with it. Take care, friends. Bye. Bye.